Sales. And thanks for joining us for our season four opener, Unfinished Business. So this is technically out of order, but it was filmed first and it was intended to be shown first, but it was shown third. And uh, in my opinion, I think it was pretty obvious that this episode is out of order. Um, we'll talk a little bit about why later, but anyway, we'll be talking about that today. Taya Johnston and Jen Peterson are joining me today. I'm Lexi Pima, by the way. It originally aired on October 3rd, 1986, and it was directed by none other than Kate Jackson. Um, so we've talked about Kate extensively as an actress and her character, Amanda, of course. I can't remember who talked about her as a guest star in Odds on a Dead Pigeon when she played Karen, but we did cover her then, and also as a director in The Pharaoh's Engineer. So I won't talk about her extensively, but um, know that she is uh, deeply appreciated and loved for her work uh, on, on this episode, but also the show and her career as a whole. It was written by Lynn Kelsey. We've already spoken about them on The Eyes Have It, but I wanted to mention their SMK related work again. Um, so they were accredited as a writer on six episodes. There's four left after this one. And they were credited as a story editor on 15 and also an executive story editor on Six, so definitely um, involved in the Scarecrow Who's King franchise. As far as the guest stars are concerned, there's three I'm going to talk about today. The first is Wendy Malick. She played Jenny Stetson, or Lee's mom, in the flashbacks. She was born in December 1950 in New York. She's pretty tall. She's 5 feet 10 inches and is known for having a smooth, seductive voice. She has 171 acting credits, and she has a prolific career. Um, she is maybe most known for playing Victoria Chase in Hot in Cleveland for 125 episodes. She played Nina Van Horn in Just Shoot Me for 149 episodes, and she's had many recurring roles ranging from 10-ish to 20-plus appearances in shows like uh, BoJack Horseman, Frasier, Fillmore, Bratz, Big Day, Jake in Progress, and she's had a plethora of show appearances ranging from one to five episodes on various movies and TV shows like Hunter, Baywatch, Kim Possible, The X-Files, Jimmy Neutron, Kronk's New Groove, Grace and Frankie, Modern Family, Young Sheldon, and, and literally so many others. She's still very active today. In 2020 and in 2021, she was credited in 13 different roles. Um, her most recent project is on an ongoing series called American Housewife, and she plays the character Cat 13 of those episodes. The next character I'll talk about is Michael Durrell. He plays Thomas Blackthorne. He was born in October 1943 in New York, and he has 92 total acting credits. He's most known for playing Alex Nicholas in Santa Barbara for 84 episodes, Dr. John Martin in Beverly Hills 90210 for 32 episodes, and D.A. Lloyd, Lloyd Burgess in Matlock for 22 episodes. He also played the character Larry Merrick in the movie Sister Act, and he had a lot of smaller parts on some well-known shows like Guiding Light, Hawaii Five-O, Remington Steel, Hunter, ER, Desperate Housewives, Dexter, and The Mindy Project. His last role was in 2018. He played the character Sunny on the show Grace and Frankie for two episodes. The last guest star I'm going to highlight today, we all know and love him, it's Bruce. So I'm specifically going to talk about Bruce Boxleitner today uh, because he plays Lee's father, Matthew Stetson, in the flashback. So given that he's playing a different character in the flashback scene, that absolutely warrants a guest star highlight. Because he's known to us, though, I'm going to highlight more about some trivia facts than on his acting career. So first off, he was born in May 1950 in Illinois. He does have 129 total acting credits. 
But some of the trivia that I found, I'm going to start off with salacious detail. So he's definitely a ladies' man. Um, he's been married three times, and he has three children, and he's currently married to Verena King. Um, he's a skilled and avid horseman who owned horses the majority of his adult life. And in 1986 and until 1989, he became Estee Lauder's first spokesperson and model for Lauder for Men. Totally warranted because he was a babe then, and he's a babe now for sure. Probably most touchingly, he considered Beverly Garland to be his acting mentor. Um, he shared that he originally met Beverly on an episode of How the West Was Won in 1976, and they were friends for 30 years until she passed in 2008. With respect to Scarecrow Mrs. King, Bruce has said that despite not sharing scenes, he and Beverly had a very good relationship. Um, and two quotes from him that I wanted to share with respect to Beverly. Um, someone had asked if she was a primetime diva, and Bruce said she wasn't at all, no trace of diva there at all. She was a hard worker. She had a great humor. And he said if anybody was in a bad mood, after a few minutes with her, they weren't. They were laughing. She was a terrific soul. Overall, Bruce shared that Bev was the great equalizer. She was a veteran actress and had a great sense of humor. She was a no-nonsense gal. She was serious about her work. And if there were any shenanigans on the set, she settled it right there. She was a marvelous lady, and he misses her a great deal. Now we'll get to the synopsis. Shoot, I was just, like, enjoying that and just forgot that I was doing the synopsis. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad. Okay. I loved Wendy Malik on Just Shoot Me. She was so funny on that. And she's a, she was awesome on Hot in Cleveland. But I do not remember that. I do not remember the guy playing Sonny on Grace and Frankie. Yeah. Which I was guy? At him, to be honest with you, and it, like yeah. his face didn't stand out particularly to me, and I just didn't like go back and watch the episode to like try and. Yeah. Huh. I gotta. I'll have to look. I watch her a lot of American Housewife right now. Have you oh, guys watched mm-hmm. that show? I yeah. haven't watched it. No, I know of it. American Housewife's a kind of a family. Children and she plays uh, the grandmother of the kids, or you know, leading lady's mother. Uh, so she's quite, you know, she plays a really good, sassy, funny, sassy thing. Yes. So um, there was just an episode of her. They they were thinking of giving the kids to her if if they passed away. You know, the ultimate question: Who do you leave your kids to? Mm -hmm. And uh, then she proves that she's completely unreliable by like leaving one of them at a park. And uh, (laughs) it's just funny. That's funny. (laughs) Okay, the synopsis for Unfinished Business: Amanda helps Lee gain closure over losing his parents as a young child. And helps prove that they were not double agents during the Cold War. Okay, so for this episode, uh, we do have the shooting final script. It's dated June 16th of 1986. As Lexi said, it was written by Lynn Kelsey. And we'll go over the the changes, uh, the differences between... And there are a few, even for a shooting final, uh, there are some differences. So we'll go over those um, Hmm. as they come up. So this episode definitely opens quite differently for us. Uh, It's a complete flashback. I know there's quite a few fans out there that love flashbacks. Uh, uh, And uh, this one is during uh, 1955, September specifically in Washington, D.C. This is definitely on the lot. Um, You know, they reuse this. It's just darker. They've added the cars, but it's very cool. I like the the look. Um, 
I like uh, how Kate's got the, you know, her direction uh, through her direction. She's got the, the lights are blaring at the camera. It's just, it's a really cool film noir look, you know. Um, it's very cool. It's a different look than the show usually has. Yeah. I think, I think we said that when we watched the barrels. Yeah. Too, is that it has a different look. It's just so it's different, cool. but it, but it's yeah. cool. It's like cool. Mm-hmm. Even the and headlights. That's what I was saying. The way she has the light. Yeah. And it's just, it's like a stardust, like sprayed at you. Yeah. Yeah, It's very cool. Very cool. Um, So we see uh, two very tall people. (laughs) As Lexi mentioned, uh, Wendy Malick's tall. I love that they cast her in this. It's, I think it's great. It's, it's it's perfect for her. She looks very Amanda-like, you know, the lith, you know, um, brown, uh, brown hair, brown eyes, tall, slender, brunette. Um, it's just, it's, it's very cool. It's perfect casting. The, actually, little trivia, Kate and Wendy were on Hollywood Squares at the same time. It was kind of cool. Oh, it was like fun. Amanda and Lee's mom, you know? It was funny. Back in like the early 2000s, I think, 2005 or something like that. So, as I mentioned, um, we see a man that looks strikingly like Bruce Boxleitner, <laughs> except uh, he's got a, he's got a little mustache. Um, and, uh, and then Wendy Malick uh, plays Lee's mother. So this is Matthew and Jennifer Stetson. And they are impatiently waiting on someone. It's, it's, interesting that jenny stetson is more of the where is he you know like anxious one and matthew is more the calm one you know and like give him time he's only a few minutes late kind of thing it's different because lee is not like that he's a man of action impatient you know wants to get things going right away so it's kind of yeah he gets it from his mom apparently yeah i also find it interesting that She's a Jennifer before Jennifer became very popular. I mean, really, Jennifer wasn't a popular name until 70s. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, there weren't like really any Jennifers before that. If you look back in history. Okay. Obviously, the writer, the writers did that. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, you would think they would go with, they would think they would go with more, especially because she's from England. You know, she's from the UK. So, hmm, interesting. kind of a strange name for both the UK and the time, but I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I've never thought of that. I'm so used to nobody having anything close to my name at any time frame, let alone, uh, you know, back then. <laughs> All the Jennifers were like named in the 70s, I think, maybe oh. early 80s. And then it's very rare after that. It's very rare before that. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I never would have researched that, but obviously you have reason to. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been tracking it, you know. <laughs> Well, I do think this is really cute, the little conversation that they're having. You know, they're they're partners at work, but they're also partners at home. Sounds sound a little familiar, obviously. But she's like, you know, I got a call from your son's your son's school today. Jen, do you do that when when one of the kids does something bad? I'm like, you know what your son did today? <laughs> He'll be like, uh, wait, he was your son yesterday when he was yeah. doing something good. <laughs> well, especially when it's exactly like the father they did something that <laughs> yes. Way, I wonder like, where they got that from. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and 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 he's like. Oh, <laughs> what now? And she, I love this. This is so cute. She goes, during play period, your son built quite an impressive fort, which he then defended with his slingshot using leftover bits of graham cracker as ammunition. She goes, well, I told him it was a brilliant strategy, but very bad behavior. <laughs> I 
that's so cute and so typical of Lee. <laughs> you know, you can just see a little Lee doing something like that. That's adorable. And fighting all the bullies. I I don't know of anybody that would have any preschool or regular school. Those things are dangerous. Yeah. When we went yeah, on a cruise, we got one for the boys and they were really... <laughs> I was like, okay, those are done. You're just using those for to, to set out on the shelf or something because you're not using right. those. They're so dangerous, depending on what they have. But with graham crackers, probably not horrible. I mean, if you get hit, you can at least pick it up and eat it. Oh, the crumbs would be true. Oh, yeah, that's true. That. That's true. That would make the teacher probably more, more mad than hurting the other students when you clean that mess up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So as we're talking, we see a car pull up. And it's interesting because... They don't really try and make Blackthorn look young. I mean, this is 1955. He doesn't look any different here than he does, you know, back in now flash forward into the 80s. He doesn't look, I mean, he's got like a little bit of gray, but they should have used, I think they should have used a different actor that looks similar to him because he's supposed to be a really young guy at this point. I mean, for, for me, he looks like with the hat, then it's black and white. It doesn't look like he's super, like, older. No, but he's supposed to be in his 20s. Older. He's supposed to be in his 20s, though, Lex. I just... I think it's black and white. They hope that that covers it up. Yeah. yeah I, I just... Yeah, I think they they could have easily had another actor play that. You know what I mean? That's well, the same thing know. can be said for Bruce playing his dad. It's a little too close, you know, in terms of... Yeah. But... That at least makes sense. This, this yeah. they could have had somebody, it could have been, you know, a young guy and it would be, you know, they, they could, you know, call him Blackthorn and you'd obviously know it's him. You know what I mean? It just, it just seemed the lazy way out to me, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> it's worth probably a graham cracker crust, <laughs> but I do love, I, my favorite thing is when uh, the credits come across and it says directed by Kate Jackson. You're just like, mic drop. <laughs> that's so awesome. I love that. I wish she could have done more of that. I know, me too. She should have really gone that way, I think. She would have been really great at it. She knew lighting so well. Okay, so Blackthorn obviously is not one of their favorite people. You can just tell their their vibe is just, you know, this guy is bad news. And Matthew, I keep wanting to call him Lee. Matthew pulls out an envelope and hands it to him and Blackthorn reviews it. And then he looks like, oh shit. <laughs> like busted he goes i suppose there's more where this came from and jennifer says there's quite enough you got busted by the stetsons so matthew takes the letter back and tells them to meet them at the office at his office at 11 he goes if i bring what you want then you'll leave me alone it's like oh sure buddy he goes you tell us everything we need to know i'm sure we can reach a satisfactory agreement he is bad news so then we see him take out a lighter and he he's signaling somebody. You see the Stetsons leave, but then you see him signal somebody with his lighter. And then you see a car start up and follow the Stetsons. So you know this is not a good thing. And obviously we already know that the Stetsons are dead. They died when he was young. So this is their untimely demise, unfortunately. So I know this is sort of jumping ahead, but later he claims that the truck just came out of nowhere. So yeah, is that just like a bunch? Oh, of it's just yeah, it's total baloney. If so like, why um, did he know that they had had stuff against him before he came there? 
or sus- was suspicious, I guess, of it. Because he wouldn't have it all, like, set up. Well, yeah, because later on, we see him at their house and he said they won't yeah, you know yeah. like they're kind of like they don't want to talk here yeah, because either. of this because of the kids so they want to do it so that's why they're and then later that day that's when he's meeting him so that's earlier this day yeah i mean i guess it's the spy business it seems a little extreme to just go right to killing them but right <laughs> there's some pieces in the actually in the script that you're like i read it and i was like oh that makes so much more sense you know yeah. like that kind of dovetail into it and you're like oh okay if they would have just said that that would have made much more sense you know they took out a big chunk and I can't remember off the top of my head right now but it, I'll, when we get to it I'll mention it it, it definitely makes things uh, definitely um, makes things more clear of why things what happened prior I look forward to hearing about yes <laughs> I, I look forward to explaining it to you <laughs> so they're um now we're on uh the stetsons on their way home and this giant wheel <laughs> the steering wheel is huge and and yeah. matthew was just driving like like it just moves so much when you're driving even back then the cars didn't move that much need to be moved that much but it's so funny like by moving it that means that's showing that we're driving somewhere <laughs> even though we're not she's saying you know do we really think this is gonna work you know and he's like hey hopefully this will take care of the whole thing and it'll be over and then all of a sudden you hear tires screeching and then you see headlights and then you know they a tumbling of the vehicle you know obviously that's how they do how they show that there's been an accident right (laughs) a fake accident and then you see blackthorn who just happens to be driving by and he gets out and watches the the death and destruction which is kind of diabolical if you ask me mm-hmm. but now his he's kind of like you know all clear i'm taken care of now and now we're jumping now we jump ahead to present day for them uh in 86 i do love the backdrop behind francine that map of dc that's really cool <laughs> the colors are just so vibrant it's like it's almost like artwork <laughs> it's so cool and some guys like standing behind her she's on the phone and uh she's <laughs> she's clearly not happy she's very terse with this gentleman she's like i'm just uh glad i called <laughs> and then uh she goes i'm sure i can find something to do with two incredibly expensive main lobsters <laughs> she goes but you could do me one favor though you know in your little phone book under d where it says desmond francine cross it out <laughs> hangs up on him i love this and she's like he goes, problem, Francine? She goes, no, just a TV newsman committing social suicide with me. <laughs> she forgets where she's at and she, she's crumpling it up. She goes, I tell you, brother. And then she looks at him. She goes, sorry, sir. <laughs> he gives her kind of that, you know, all right, young lady kind of look. That's cute. She looks cute. I like her hair kind of back on the one side. Yeah. yeah it's cute. It's good yeah. I like the curls always. You know that. Yeah, you do. <laughs> and the earrings aren't bad. They're not, you know, horrible. And she obviously looks good in the blue. And like I said, that looks like artwork behind her. It's so, it's so uh, vivid. And then she goes on to explain. She's like, all right, I can understand, you know, that he stands me up for the Renee Sinclair story, you know, one time. She goes, two, he's history. <laughs> So this is us learning, uh, the audience is learning about uh, Renee Sinclair, which this show loves the name Sinclair. They, this True. is at least the second time they've used it, because if you remember, Brunettes are in, Sinclair was the bad guy that pretended to be blind. 
And now we've got this guy. And it's like, geez, how many times do you have to use this? I mean, there's so many names in the world. And you have to you keep reusing, reusing the same ones. Same with David and Alan. They can love to use those two. <laughs> Billy's explaining that uh, Renee Sinclair is going, most likely going to be elected the president of Ile de Marine. That probably, that's probably why he canceled on you. And, and then Francine goes, ah, Thomas Blackthorne. She goes, now there's a real man for you. <laughs> and he's on the front of the paper. She goes, an American folk hero. You know, he stood by Renee Sinclair um, before anybody else uh, recognized him. He deserves some of the glory. He's powerful. He's rich. And he's single. And as far as he knows, there is no such thing as Francine, a Francine Desmond. <laughs> like she's a hurricane or something, you know. <laughs> And then I love it. She's she gets all sad and she's like lobster for one, <laughs> and just kind of looks off distantly into the off the cam off camera. That's cute. Poor Francine. Okay, here's this is actually the scene uh, I was mentioning, Jen. In this scene now with Lee, Lee's on the phone. Okay, this is from the script. Okay, because all we know, all we hear when on the film version is, no, I'm going to be really busy here all day. Believe me. And then he goes, uh, and then he hears Amanda come and he goes, I got to go. And then he hangs up and you're like, okay, what was that about? Right? Well, this is where it gets a little more tawdry. So Lee is on the phone, pacing the office, mind on other things, stretching in the phone cord, going to files, etc. Lee says, I remember the film festival, uh, Tammy, but I'm afraid I don't Yes, I guess I must have if you have this number. Well, it's sweet of you to ask, but uh, I'm just swamped here. No, I think it's going to be busy for quite a while. Bye. And then he hangs up. So that's why I was just like, who is he talking to? But it's because some girl's trying to get him to go out. And now he's got this relationship with Amanda and he doesn't want to screw that up. So he's like trying to get rid of her and not have Amanda even know about it. So it makes a lot more sense to me. Yeah. yeah, I've always wondered about that. Like, why even like, what was it? Who was he talking to? And what does it matter? Like, it could have just been played right. differently. But that's why. Why is this such a big hurry? Yeah. And <laughs> exactly. Not natural. So anyways, so then Amanda comes in. Uh, and he hangs up really quick. He's like, uh, I gotta go by. <laughs> and then he sits down like, hello. <laughs> she comes in and all sunshine and flowers. And she just tells him that she grew the flowers on uh, in her garden. He goes, well, they're very pretty. <laughs> so he's his plan is that they're going to go play hooky and get out of work and go to, you know, to the park or, you know, do something fun. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's like, you mean ditch? And he goes, let's call it a lesson in casual surveillance. A walk in the park, huh? And then she's, oh, that's so funny. They yeah right well why not if you're gonna get paid you might as well have fun (laughs) right Jen (laughs) so Amanda's you know no nonsense she's like now you know we have work to do and 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 then uh it's funny on the I've seen her name screwed up so many times but uh on my subtitles it says Mrs. Morrison (laughs) I've seen it spelled so many times so many different ways but this one says Morrison (laughs) Marston M-A-R-S-T-O-N, Marston. <laughs> I've seen it spelled so many times in different different ways in fanfic. It drives me nuts. So Amanda has a big envelope and then on it has a smaller envelope stapled to the front of it. And uh, she says, Mrs. Marston gave this to me to bring to you. And he goes, oh, I'll look at it later. She goes, it's CIA. He's like, Ugh. so he opens it up and starts reading it 
kind of mumbling to himself, but you can hear. And he kind of starts to open it. She looks over. She goes, I'm not looking. <laughs> and then he says, dear Mr. Stetson, uh, per your request. And then he goes, uh, and then he starts shoving it in and gets really antsy and nervous. And he's like, she goes, well, what is it? He goes, nothing, nothing. And then he says, oh, I, you know, I just thought of something I have to do. He goes, why don't you go ahead and take the day off? And she's like, what? And he rushes her out of there so fast. Like, it's super suspicious. Couldn't be more suspicious. And then shuts the door on her face. (laughs) Oh, poor Amanda. In the script, it said, you know, that like she gets shoved out of there so fast and she goes and she almost goes back into the room but then she doesn't so poor thing he goes and sits down and opens the files and we see names on these it's jennifer stetson and matthew stetson which are his parents and then and he says am i five my mother you know so his mom's now a spy his dad's a spy obviously he comes by it uh naturally but just i would imagine that would be quite a shock for somebody who is 30 to 31 32 years later you find out your parents were spies you know that's kind of crazy most yeah. of the file was redacted as we could see a lot of them the black marks throughout but get the gist of the files wait a minute i thought he already knew that they were spies Mm-mm. or at least that his dad was he knew his dad was in the army i guess i was thinking that he already knew too jen but but maybe that was just me thinking that he knew and i had no i have zero proof as to why i thought that so well, he told, yeah, he told a story earlier on about how he met, but I'd have to go back and listen to that again. But I, I don't know. I guess that was my assumption is that he, he knew that they were uh, involved in some way in that business, but that he didn't know that they were accused of being double agents. That's how what I thought. But you're the expert, Taya, so I'll go with what you're... <laughs> I know, I see her, like, flipping the files back in No, I'm just... No files, no files, no files are being moved, I promise. Computing. <laughs> no, I was just, I'm trying to think when you would have, when you would have thought that. Correct. When you would have, uh, you know, gotten that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, when was he talking about his dad, at least, and how they met? When was that? He said they met after the war in um, The Eyes Have It. Yeah, I have to go back. Yeah. But no, it didn't, it never said that he was, um, that he recognized that he was a spy that he was a spy that he was in the army yes actually i want to mention there's one scene that happens right after shortly after the incident in the office uh, where he pretty much kicks amanda out um so this is uh the blackthorn estate uh on the terrace during the day and it says a quiet corner facing an ex- uh, expanse of rich green lawn blackthorn and with and sinclair sip drinks at a shady table. Sinclair says, such a beautiful place, my friend. Blackthorn says, yes, it gives me a great deal of peace. He goes, uh, Sinclair says, yours is a wonderful government, Joseph, but I had no idea it took so many people to run it. Senators, congressmen. Oh, I have to mention um, in the script, at the, even at this point, uh, Blackthorn's first name is Joseph, not Thomas, like in the filmed version. Um, so when he says Joseph, he's really talking about Uh, Thomas Blackthorne. Uh, He says, and they all support you. You'll have all the help you need, Renee. He goes, we need very little. If I can find the answers to, shall we say, a few questions. Blackthorne looks at Sinclair over the rim of his glass. The change is subtle, but he's suddenly very interested. Blackthorne says, what sort of questions, Renee? 
And Sinclair says, I have taken on a country that is full of mystery, Joseph. Duclos took a great deal of the people's money with him when he fled the island. That money is desperately needed to revitalize the economy. I shall return it to them. Blackthorn says, of course, the people are your first priority. Blackthorn's lieutenant, Landers, approaches the table. Blackthorn says, yes, Landers. He goes, telephone for Mr. Sinclair, Mr. Blackthorn, Mrs. Sinclair, sir. And then they go off. So we don't kind of get that background between those two men at all. It, it, again, jumps. We miss a big chunk of it because of, of uh, um, how it gets diced up, I guess, probably on the, on the, in the cutting room. But we don't get really... You get some information. Yeah. So in the film version, back to the film version, uh, Lee is uh, outside and he's meeting McCrary and he's McCrary's kind of like, (laughs) you get the sense Lee doesn't care for him too much because McCrary comes up to him and he's like, goes to shake his hand and he's like, doesn't even want to shake his hand. (laughs) He just like puts, Lee puts his hand in his pocket. Like he's not, he's not interested in even touching the guy. He comes up, he goes, "Uh, how's things happening for you in the low rent district, you know, in DC. He goes, why don't we talk about Madrid, McCreary? And so Lee's just no nonsense. He just jumps right in. He goes, the apartment, the girl. He goes, come on, Stetson, for crying out loud. He goes, hey, what's the matter, pal? He goes, look, I have season tickets to the Skins. (laughs) He goes, now they're yours. I mean, they're just yours. I'll tell my wife I'm bored with football. (laughs) And Lee's like, no, I don't think that'll do. He goes, come on, Stetson, cut me some slack, huh? He goes, what do you want? He goes, I need a name. A name? That's it? And then Lee hands him the report. And he wants to know what the who the original source is um, from that report. He goes, well, this is pretty routine stuff. Not he goes, and Lee says, not to me. It's personal, you know. It's a very personal thing for him. He goes, okay, it's a deal. He goes, just give me a day to poke around. So Lee's burning his favor here to get this information, which I think is weird. Wouldn't he be able to pull? I mean, I guess if it's redacted and it belongs to the CIA, I guess he'd have to get in with the CIA to get it, right? So I guess that makes sense. Yeah, because they keep their information separate, right? Yeah. And if it's redacted for, you know, except for certain people. He'd have to get it from somebody who can get access to it, I guess. So I guess yeah. it's worth burning, uh, burning uh, a favor, huh? I'd have to say in this instance, when it's involving his parents, yeah. definitely. And God, what, I mean, I can't see Lee going like, hey, Mrs. McCrary, did you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> you'd think the guy would be like, yeah, go ahead and tell my wife. I know you're not going to do it kind of thing. So I don't know. Right. <laughs> so if it, was that because the agency wasn't established? When they were spies? Maybe. Maybe. Because um, otherwise, you would think that Lee would have access if it was through the agency. Yeah. That's what I mean. You would think it would be, at least interagency, you would think he'd be able to access it. But I guess his maybe it's above his clearance and this McCurry guy, which I doubt, has more clearance. I don't know. Anyways, he says he'll get the name uh, to him. And uh, now we're on the next day. And... We get to see the little fish, the little goldfish. And he's all swimmy, swimmy. He's so cute. He's so cute. Usually he looks half dead when they, you know, you see him from, from the um, behind on the other, from the other angle. Yeah. Yeah. He's swimming around. He's swimming. So Amanda comes into the office the next day after having her day off. 
Uh, so she got to ditch by herself, I guess. And <laughs> Lee's not in there. So she comes in and his desk is a mess. He's got files all over the place. And uh, she starts cleaning those up for him because that's just how she is. And she probably wants to snoop around a little bit. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, right, Lex? That's a good excuse. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of like musses, you know, fusses with the flowers. And then she like goes directly, makes a beeline right to the files. <laughs> and she's like, oh boy. And starts straightening, up, straightening them up a little bit. And then she sees right on his keyboard, two files. And one's Jenny Stetson. And the other one's Matthew Stetson. And she opens them both up and starts looking at them. And then we hear the door open and he's like, Amanda. She was like, hello. And she shuts it really quick. He goes, what are you doing here? She goes, well, uh, he goes, I said to take the day off. She goes, that was yesterday, not today. He goes, what are you doing? She goes, straighten up your desk. <laughs> he goes, well, you know, I can't find anything out anywhere when someone straightens up my desk, right? He gets kind of pissy at her. She goes, where are you going? He goes, I got some things to do. And then he just leaves. He takes the files with him and then leaves. But now he's back at his apartment and he's got a whole slew. I would love to see those pictures like up close. I want to see them. <laughs> There's some really cute ones. I just saw one, a really cute one of uh, his parents. Him, well, him and his, you know, him and Wendy, actually, but it's really cute. And then there's some cute ones of him and his, uh, of his parents and him when he was little on the front steps of their um, house, which is sweet. So now he's finally got some pictures out. He never had them out except for that one picture that wasn't even his parents, because obviously it was before this episode, but. Uh, and then we go. This is, this is oh. a new apartment, right, too? Yes, I mean, yes. Mm hmm. Yep. He's upgraded a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's it's more homey. Style. It's yeah. homier. It's got the, the crown molding and um, it reminds me of his season one apartment a lot. Like the, yeah, little, bit the, the layout. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Anything's better than the season two apartment. <laughs> yeah, I hated I that. The gray, the one with all the mo ultra modern gray. I didn't like that one. It was very. Yes. Yeah, I didn't like that one either. Yeah. He's on the couch. He he falls asleep. And then we always, we we get some really cool treatments on the film from when Kate directs, it seems. You know, this one now is, you got the red lights. It's, it's very much, you know, a dream sequence. And it really looks like that. You know, it's kind of distorted. Yeah, she gives you, a, like, um, a good basis to know, like, you're not in present time. Like, yeah. You're never confused, like, where are we? Is this happening now or did it happen? Right. She, she's really good at that transition. And mm -hmm. you don't really notice it because it's so intentional. But when you stop and think about it, it's like, it, it helps it flow so much better. Yes, yes. And it has a cool look, too. You know, it's just visually appealing. Very cool. Yeah, yeah the use of, like, the red and the oranges is so, like, mm -hmm. Charge. yeah you know, it's 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 danger it's it's mm -hmm. anxiety it's intense yeah and and clearly the boy is having uh, you know is scared um he's calling for his mom and his dad and he's just walking down the hall and he's he can't find them and he's calling to them i love how he's wiping his little eye <laughs> and then we hear him screaming because he sees a bad man and you hear like it kind of sounds like darth vader <laughs> in the hallway mm -hmm. you know just that heavy breathing and then he's trying to get into a door that's locked and he's screaming to let him in you know from and, and then he wakes up he hears the phone ring and he wakes up so um in the script though in the script he actually says not again 
as if he's had these reoccurring nightmares, which we do hear him say that later, but it it's, gives more credence to that. It's it's like, um, oh, not again. Like they're starting up again, these nightmares. Yeah. Now uh, we're at Amanda's house. She's the one who's calling him on the phone. And now we're hearing, but we hear a voiceover with Lee's uh, voicemail and she's leaving him a message. I like the plaid, the red and white plaid. I think that looks cute on her. And then you see the yellow flowers, of course. So she says, hello, it's me again, Amanda. She's got to tell him who it is. <laughs> and of course, she's apologizing. He's the one who's being a, you know, jerk. He's like shutting her out. And she's apologizing, of course. She's like, I'm really sorry I upset you. And, he, you know, he's just kind of staring. He doesn't even go to talk to her. He goes, I, she's like, I'd at least like to talk talk about it. So I hope you'll call me as soon as you get a chance. Yeah, He starts out as his protective walls, you know, not trying to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. even to Amanda. And that's just typical behavior, right? Like, so right. It, it does come across kind of jerky, but I think it's just, you know. Some of the residual, stuff. some of the residual yeah. walls that are that are up, yeah. But then I think it, he, he opens up and I actually it totally lets her in. Right. But I think it's an important point of this whole episode. Yes. Where before he probably wasn't. Um, mm-hmm as demonstrated by this, but so this isn't a typical reaction. Right. Right. It's his gut reaction. It's, it's what he just, it's just basic for him. You know, he's wired this way. And now she's got to help him figure out, you don't have to do this on your own every time. You know, I'm here for you. Yeah. You can trust me kind of thing. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. And that's why I think it's important that this episode is. The yes. Because yes. So much happens in some one and two. Yes. That it wouldn't make sense for it to go through. Exactly. It to be shown first. It was filmed first. It should have been shown first. I think so the reason they didn't, I think they were like, you know, like us, when we did our, when you think about it, when going back to our season three opener, we could have easily gone with our first episode. Right. But instead, we went with the boys interview because that's a big, you know, ta-da kind of thing. You know what I mean? So Stemwinder. Yeah. Stemwinder one and two. That's a big ass, you know, episode, you know, arc. That's a huge that sets the tone for the whole season. And that's why they I think why they did it that way is it's a two parter, you know, season opener kind of thing. It's it's more marketable than, you know, this lame not lame but uh, they don't even they don't you know they've been dating all summer right you one would assume and they don't even they're not even touching really you know it's they don't kiss they don't you know they're not there's no endearments it's it's like they are still it's like almost prior to all the world's a stage oh for sure that's what it feels like except for the fact that he's letting her in you know what i mean Mm -hmm. yeah but i definitely see why they postponed this one as the first one and did Stemwinder for that reason that it's a bigger splash for opener soon as she hangs up the phone the phone rings and she picks it up thinking it's him and it's joe and he just wants to know if uh, the boys want to go to a game and it's really cute because she's like boys your dad wants to know if you want to go to a game and then she doesn't hear anything she's like fellas <laughs> and then and then she goes they're so excited <laughs> She doesn't want to disappoint Joe, and it's very funny. Now, in the script, it is different, though, and this is where we, we get to see a completely different scene that we wasn't filmed. So she says, hello? Oh, hi, Joe. Sure, I'll ask them. And she goes, hey, fellas, ball game with your dad on Sunday? And then off screen, you hear 
Jamie say, yeah, sounds great. And then Amanda says, I'd say they're interested. Okay, see you then. Bye. And then hangs up. Then she goes back to sponging down the kitchen cabinets, the contents of which are spread around the counters. Dottie enters. Dottie says, I don't know why you decided to start this project now. Amanda says, I found one of those little bugs in the bottom of the spaghetti. Uh, Dottie says, I thought that shelf paper was supposed to zap them. She shows her a brochure and says, darling, do you think I should sign up for this? She hands Amanda the brochure and Amanda reading says, Lapel Pals, the dating service for sharp eyed singles. Dottie says, when you join, you get a lapel pin with a number on it. If a man is interested in you or you see a man you're interested in, either he calls you or you call him. Amanda says, mother, no. For all you know, you, you'd get an axe murderer. <laughs> I don't know why people do that sort of thing. You're not serious, are you? And Dottie says, sweetheart, you have no idea how hard it is to meet someone. I'd just like to spend an evening with a member of the opposite sex over four feet tall. I didn't have to help with his homework. <laughs> I think she's talking about you, Jamie. Amanda gives her a comforting hug as Philip drags in looking dejected. Amanda says, uh-oh, looks like somebody had a bad day. Philip says, Kimberly Ryan doesn't know I'm alive and I can't get even get her attention. And Dottie says, well, why don't you just walk up and say hello? And Philip says, I punched her in the arm. <laughs> Amanda says, you punched her in the arm? Sweetheart, you'll probably get better results if you just tell her how you feel. And Philip says, you think so? And Amanda says, the direct pro approach is usually the best with words, not fists, okay? And Philip says, okay, thanks, Mom. Thanks, Grandma. Cheered, he grabs a cookie and exits. Amanda thinks for a beat, then gets her purse. Dottie says, Grandma, I can't believe that. And Amanda says, Mother, I'm going out for a little while. I'll see you later. Amanda exits. Dottie looks at the, around at the clutter. She goes, nope, this is her project. She peers into the spaghetti box, makes a face, then grabs a sponge and starts wiping down the shelves. <laughs> it's just so weird. I can see why they cut it out. It's unnecessary, but it's just a little homey thing that we didn't get to see. Daddy really likes dating. Like that all the writers push her. Oh, like, yeah. And like, you know, foxy grandma for real. Like <laughs> Well, you know, she's, I mean, she's a sassy woman, you know, and she's yeah. young still. And I can Little see. Life. Yeah. I mean, because like my grandma's, my, my one grandma she, my grandpa died when I was five and she never, ever married, you know, at all. And she yeah. died at the age of like 86 or 87, I think. So, I mean, she was widowed from like 50 on and never was wow. with anybody ever again. Never mm -mm. again? Mm -mm. Wow. And then my other grandma... My other grandma was the same one. I mean, she got remarried when my, my grandpa, my grandpa, uh, my mom's dad died when she was like 16. So, but then she got married when my mom was in her twenties and then was married to him until I was like 12 and then he t passed away. And then she never was with anybody ever again either. My mom said the same thing after my dad passed, she said, and she's been widowed now coming up on 17 years and she says I don't want to be with anybody that would want to be with me <laughs> which Lexi knows my mom my mom is the funniest and sweetest she's sass pants she's so funny she's like Betty White but younger <laughs> it's so funny yeah <laughs> that's where I get it <laughs> yeah yeah so 
yeah, my mom will be the same. She won't ever. She's, she's happy with her book boyfriend. <laughs> yes, yes, Lexi. <laughs> and way hotter too, I'm sure. <laughs> Lexi's uh, given my mom some uh, suggestions for books, and my mom enjoyed them very thoroughly. <laughs> she goes, Lexi's got good taste in books. I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> She has, she has, she has a mix. I love that. She owns that shit. I love it. Yesterday was it? We were having a meeting, and I had to bring up. We we were doing that movie thing, and we I was gonna buy the movie, so I brought it up. I'm like, okay, before we even go in here, if something raunchy comes up, just and if if it was just her, I she knows, but my um uh, but two other employees of mine were on there, and 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 I go. Just so you know, if anything, it's my mom. My mom gets these Kindle books, and I'm like, we share because my mom shares my Kindle account so that I can get her books because she reads so much. And I'm like, oh my god! Because one time I was in my office and somebody came in and they were behind me and I was looking for something on Amazon for him. And this, you know, like you know, this hot guy with no shirt on comes across the screen and is like, you know, some ra- racy title on him. I'm like, oh my! I'm like, I swear to God, it's my mom's. I swear it's not mine. I was so embarrassed. So I wanted to like prevent, you know, like just saying beforehand, this is this. These are not my books. I don't have time to read, so I don't read very much anymore yeah i haven't read in the last since last like since before labor day but which is crazy for you i know i hope you get back into it you love it she's a power reader jen yeah i read at night um i read a lot of old fanfic and stuff like that just to to fall asleep you know yeah i read at night too yeah it's a good distraction yeah and i'm a a pretty fast reader so i can usually get through something yeah Oh, how exciting for you. I know. Wow. It is kind of interesting. I could have been a doctor, I, I think. It would have been fun. <laughs> I'm a doctor, yeah, I was going to say you are a doctor, yeah. lady. Yeah. I was well you shouldn't have been you shouldn't have been nice to them jeez so um I think that part would be hard but the medical science like forensics part trying to figure things out would be really interesting yeah now see in another life I probably would have been a good lawyer I think yeah I can see that I would have been a detective or a I wanted to be do you know when I was in high school you know how you had to go to the guidance counselor and talk about college and stuff like that and what you wanted to do and I told the guy and this again Lex, remember, this is back in the 90s, okay? Early 90s, okay? Early 90s. And the guy said, and I said, I want to do, like, because I was really into, like, you know, like, forensics and detectives, the the forensic sciences and stuff like that. And he goes, 
you mean like Cagney and Lacey? Like, just like, like oh silly God. girl. You just want to do like, a, and I was just like, and it totally, it totally shut me down. And I was just like, oh no. you know, I guess I can't do that, you know, kind of thing. And I was like, now I think about it, I'm like, wow. you ass, like such a See, jerk. Like, guidance counselor is not what, no. no. And I was no. like, why wouldn't, why not be like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So, you know, what parts of that do you like? You know, no, it was, you know, like. You're a girl, first off, you know. Yeah. Well, that's all right. He's probably dead anyways now. He's old. He was old then, so he's got to be dead by now. (laughs) That sounds horrible, but he was a jerk. Yeah. I had a math teacher like that, too. Like, don't worry. You don't need to know math because you're a girl kind of thing. Yeah. I tell you what. Mm, Not all men, but yeah, a, a lot of those, those types of guys. Yeah. There's a lot of good guys, but there's a lot of jerks out there, too. I had a middle school speak teacher that I corrected in class. Oh. Um, because he was... I did research on that, sir. I can just see Jen, little actually, Jen doing that. it was like... I looked that up. Because, yeah. He was presenting the male and female chromosomes wrong. He had them flipped. Uh, he was saying that they were XY. I love it. They were XY. you yeah like how'd you get this job dude <laughs> what a jerk yeah that's just in your yeah that's just in your head yeah <laughs> good for you for did you feel like super vindicated like yes i did that i did but i have to admit at the time i was very reluctant to raise my hand because this guy was kind of scary he was like a yeah. scary guy like uh. i'm gonna your head off <laughs> Like, yeah, like and he's an adult. Like, yeah. Yeah. Good for you. And that's when she knew she would be a scientific doctor. Yeah, was like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Good for you. That's awesome. I love a man. I love when a Kate kind of looks out and she's like, fellas? Like, that, the fellas? And then she goes, oh, yeah, they're so excited. She just lies. Joe's probably in town now and spending time mm-hmm. with the boys where before he yeah. was before he was running around what was the country and he wasn't around Estosia, right? Yeah. Estosia, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you by chance look to see where this where this estate is? Blackthorn's estate is? Because man, it's pretty. No, I did not. I did not. I didn't either. Probably under shooting locations, but for, for this episode. It's very pretty. It's quite an estate, you know, very stately. So we hear a man say, Dukeless. So in here, it's Dukeless. And the other one, it was, or at least maybe they said it differently. Hold on. Duclos. Duke. D- they have it in the script as D-U-C-L-O-S. But on the subtitles, it says D-O-U-K-L-I-S. Took a great deal of money with him. So this is that somewhat that scene. Um, that money is desperately needed to revitalize the country's, uh, the country. And I need that money because that's your first priority. So this is partially that scene. Um, it's very clipped though, because now as soon as they said that, then Landers came in and said that Renee has a phone, uh, has a phone call 
and then he takes off. So it's kind of that's the the scene I said wasn't filmed. It's it's only a little snippet was filmed or at least shown um, right. in here. And then they add the part about how it's too bad he's not going to be able to do business business with them anymore, kind of thing. What? So here it looks like Blackburn doesn't really have any gray, and it kind of appears later. Am I missing it? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. They didn't there. do a very good job of aging him. You know, yeah. I think they would have been better off using a young guy because he's supposed to be in like his early twenties. Because now it's been you know fifty five, sixty five, seventy five, eighty five. It's been thirty one yeah. years. Right. And the guy's in his 50s. He looks in his 50s on the the very beginning of the episode. You know what I mean? That didn't they didn't age yeah. him enough. I don't think. Not that I'd want him to have a bunch of, you know, makeup and all that fake stuff looking either. But they could have aged him a little bit better, I think. Even see him as he looks like a good 50 like he still looks like he could be in his 40s to me i, I think he was cast really well personally but yeah well, we'll wait, how old is he supposed to be here though he's probably he was 50. probably 40 or 30 or 40 back in well no, that's the thing he was saying he was young later on when he's talking with lee in his in his house he says he was a young guy so i kind of got the sense he was probably this is his first job he's probably in his 20s you know maybe like 30 you know so 30 so he'd be like 60 at this point he doesn't look you know six you know what I mean so I just I don't think there's enough difference in the aging is all I was saying I think he's a great character and I think he did well I just don't think he he looks different enough from a span of 30 years I mean god I look so different from even 10 years ago let alone you know 31 years yeah that's all my was my no. point was I think he's a, a perfectly fit for this role I just don't think they aged him well well in this game in particular he has no gray at all in his hair mm-hmm. and then later on bam yeah gray. it's all of a sudden he's just aged that <laughs> yeah yeah it just it, I think they missed the mark I think they missed here. I think they missed the mark a little bit and then Kate's hair looks like it's been trimmed up in here, too. It just, it looks, like, more rounded to me. And I don't, it looks more, I don't know, it looks more permy. But this is also interesting. Lee doesn't, Lee's super spy, right? Everybody agrees he's super spy. But she Mm -hmm. comes in, breaks into his apartment, right? She calls out to him, and he still doesn't hear her? Yeah, that's a little suspect, for sure. It just seems like, and he's not under any drugs at this point, right? Because later I could right. see that, but now he's not. So it just seems weird. He's like an emotional stupor or something. <laughs> Maybe he drank himself. Maybe he could have drank himself a little bit, you know. Just, But still, he's super spy. You'd think he'd hear that in a second, you know? Maybe subconsciously, like, he knew it was Amanda, so he wasn't, like, on alert. Maybe. That's a stretch, though. That's a, that's stretch. a stretch. You're, you're pulling yeah. a Miranda there, but that's okay. I, I like it. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> well, yeah he could he could be run yeah he could be yeah it just it just it struck me as odd like hmm that's weird you know that he wouldn't he wouldn't hear anybody come in and then she goes into his bedroom and then calls to him and he still doesn't wake up you know it just seems weird because they're always like barely asleep you know like you get the sense that a spy has to be constantly alert so that they're not caught unaware you know but she comes into his apartment and she sees all these pictures stick some of those in your purse for me honey (laughs) save them for me (laughs) um so she goes into his room it's definitely decorated it's very homey now his apartment is really different 
before it was so sterile and now it just seems like the different textures on the wall and the different tapestries and the pictures and the colors and you, uh, it's definitely you more. I wonder if Amanda gave a little decorating <laughs> couple this summer. So you must have a long time Maybe. To, uh, help out with that. Yeah, and it looks like a bigger yeah. place too. It's definitely a bigger spread yeah. out more, you know? Yes. Now he knows what it should cold. look like. Yeah. With a with a bar. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, so she walks into his room and she sees he's sleeping. She's probably hoping he's sleeping. And uh, mm-hmm. she comes in and she's like, Lee, <laughs> kind of nudging him a little bit. She's like, Lee. And then she kind of gets a little scrunched look on her face. <laughs> Like, what's going on? Why isn't he awake? And then she goes right over top of him. <laughs> and then he wakes he wakes up and throws her across the bed, which you're like, damn, girl. <laughs> and then, then he, exactly, <laughs> now a little late. And he, yeah. he, he jumps. He's like, Amanda, she's like, yes. <laughs> like, who else would it be? He goes, what the hell are you doing here? Why does he say, I mean, why is this so violent? Like, why is my girlfriend there? I don't understand. Like, that's what I'm saying. It's just so, it's such a stark contrast to what we just left the summer before, right? At this point, right. just a few months before. And now all of a sudden he's like treating her like season two again. I think he's just emotionally thrown by everything. Yeah. I just don't like that. There's, there's just nothing. Like if you were just watching this episode, and you hadn't seen anything else, you'd be like, oh, are these two just partners? You know, are they just friends? You wouldn't see any. And by now they're supposed to have been dating, you know? So it just, it kind of throws you off a lot. So the fact that this is, I think this one has to be first, because otherwise it wouldn't go stem winder. And then they go to barely, you know, you know, anything more than just friends, you know, it just seems weird. Right? <laughs> now you're talking. There we go, John. There you go. <laughs> Definitely doesn't fit. Well, how did you get in here anyway? Lockpick. Standard issue. You have to do something about that. What does that mean exactly? Does that mean he's got to get her a key? Or does that mean he's got to get better lock system? <laughs> it should absolutely mean the latter because he's a, he's a spy. He doesn't hide his name. Like, everyone knows Lee Stetson. And if someone, if Amanda, God love her. But if she can get in? standard lock but do you think he's doing do you think he's saying i'll have to do something about that like you should have a key or are you thinking he needs to is it just strictly i need to fix the locks because yeah, if it's the latter then yeah i mean it makes her yeah. feel i mean that's got to make her feel like he doesn't want me around and i've overstepped myself yeah. she surprised him he's probably a little Well, she goes, look, I know this is about your mom and dad. And he goes, and what makes you think that? She goes, well, there are pictures all over the living room. And besides that, I saw the CIA folders on your desk. He he goes, she goes, I mean, I didn't mean to snoop. And he goes, so you snoop. She goes, but I snooped. (laughs) 
She goes, I'm sorry. Yeah, I snooped. He goes, mm-hmm. And he goes, Amanda. And she's like, yeah. He goes, this is something is very personal. Can't you just leave it at that? And she said, no, because when I care about someone and they're hurt, I hurt too, which I think is very sweet. You know, she's just laying it out there. And he's trying to just shove her back and because it's probably yeah. too close. But damn it, you got to let people in, dude. Mm-hmm. But he does understand finally. And it's like, okay, let's go take a walk. Because maybe he hasn't had these type of deep conversations with people before. Right. Think about it. Yeah. He's it's, had, like, he shuts it down. Girlfriends that aren't very deep relationships. Superficial. Yeah. He's not close to any of his family. So. Yeah. Well, there is a little section that we get which is a little extra so this is exterior park during the day lee and amanda walk together you know that my parents were killed in a car accident when i was five that's all i was ever told it was an accident but i wondered why were they on that road in the middle of the night where were they going i started asking questions but the deeper i dug the more loose ends i found nobody seemed to have answers so i filed freedom of information requests with every agency i could think of but none of the stuff I got gave me real clues until he hesitates. It's difficult for him. He says, until you, she says, until you got those files from the CIA, he goes, you know, it goes on like, yeah, that's that the start of all of this. So we get a little bit more, but it does say, you know, like he didn't know. He just always thought they died in a car accident and that was it kind of thing. Okay. I just thought of something though. Doesn't he tell Amanda that his mom worked for, is it MI5 or number in the previous episodes? Mm-mm. I'm going back. All right, you go back, woman. You you show me because I can tell you that it never happened. <laughs> Are you reading fan fiction, Jen? Is that where you're getting confused? <laughs> Maybe. I mean, that uh, that is hard. It's like you're like, did is that person's name this? I don't remember. Is that fanfic? Like, I don't know if they ever really said this. Yeah, which is hard, easy to do. You you come back. You you show me, Miss Miss Researcher. <laughs> or he said what? He said it in this one later. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> in what one? What one would he have said it? I think it was in the eyes He never said that. <laughs> if we had more time, I would get out my pie charts and I would show you. <laughs> Okay, now you're going to make me go look for it. And I'm going to be like, aha, I told you they never said it. And now I've just wasted a whole hour of watching it. Well, then I'd get to watch it again. I'm but. sure that's probably the case. It's when he's on the bed and he's all hurt and she's sitting on the okay. bed. Okay. All right. You're going to make me do it. Here we go. Lexi, we're at 1351. Okay. On this one. I'm going back. You're going to make me go back. I'm going to go back. So I'm doing it. Here we go. Here we go. All right, I have it. Number 17. In the bedroom. In the bedroom. Okay. When he's laying down. And he has, he picks the picture up, and then he's like, okay. All right, here we go. In the bedroom. Here we go. Laying down. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay. There you go. Now I'll pour you some water. He's taking his pill. She goes, oh, he goes, okay. And then he pretends to take it. And he goes, mm-hmm. She sits down on the bed. He goes, now are you satisfied? She says, yeah, I'm satisfied. And then she starts rubbing his head. She goes, there's really a bump. 
And then Francine comes in. Well, isn't this cozy? She goes, oh, please, Francine, not now. Or no, he says that. What did you find in the hospital files? They split up the hospital files. Then I made a list of everybody who came into contact at the hospital, including Goldberg, who's the head of the trauma unit, and the nest doctors. Okay, good. I'll take the doctor's bios. You take the nurses. And Amanda, you take the orderlies. Yeah, okay. And then anything on Brody? Uh, There's no medication prescribed for you. What? There's no medication prescribed for you. What about those pills? She goes, but there is no medication anywhere prescribed for you. I think we're probably ought to call. Wait, wait, hold on. And then he shows that he didn't take the pills. And then she relaxes and she says, who gave you those pills? And he goes, I don't know. They were just there in the hospital room on the nightstand. I'm going to take them for the agency for analysis right now. Okay, good. If you find anything, let us know, huh? Sure. Where you, wait, 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 I'm going to pause. Where are you putting your money there, FEMA? I, you know, I have to say, I did think that, that we already knew that they were spies. Okay. So, but I, I had to take to go against you because you are Because <laughs> I'm the mafia boss? I, just, I, I, yeah. do feel, I do feel like I'm out of the here. Okay, okay. Hey, I will admit when I'm wrong, I'm not like your XXY doctor or uh, teacher. Okay, you're going to get some sleep now. Look, Amanda, I've got to, and she goes, he goes, look, I appreciate everything that you're doing, but I don't need to be mothered, okay? And then she pretends like she's going to get up and says, sorry, and I understand. And so she goes to leave and he goes, no, no. She goes, what's the matter? He goes, stay for a minute, huh? And then she says, sure, I'll stay with you for a minute, huh? Just try to go to sleep. And then he closes his eyes and she looks at the picture of the Kennedy daughter. She goes, your folks, huh? You guys are like on pins and needles. He goes, yeah, my mom and dad. He goes, did I ever tell you my mother was British? Yeah, I think you did. My dad was in army intelligence. They met when the NATO pact was signed in 49. I was five years old when they were killed. She goes, yeah, I know. And then he says, hmm. She goes, try and get some sleep, huh? He goes, I'll try. She goes, if you need anything, I'll be right outside. And that is the end of the scene, ladies. The army intelligence. Yeah, I said that already. It's no, not it's not spies necessarily. It's just like up in the, you know, the more strategic stuff. And then, but he never said anything about his mom and never, he never knew she was MI5 until then, until that uh, episode that we're in right now. <laughs> There's no other episode. <laughs> You run with it, girl. You run with that shit. <laughs> they're now on the film, going back to the film version, uh, they're sitting on the bed and she's like, you can, you can lean on me. I'm a lot stronger than I look. It's very sweet. And he just kind of, then he kind of softens. You get to see the dimple and then he gets up and then he takes her hand. And he goes, let's go, let's take a walk. So now he's opening up. So he's kind of, he's like an onion <laughs> with Shrek. Lex, you have to like peel back, you know, all these layers of him. And I think finally, she's kind of opened this up a little bit more with him. He finally on the bed there, you can you can kind of see that last wall kind of just fall away, you know, and he kind of gives her a look like, yeah, yeah. And uh, so he says, you know, those files I got uh, from the CIA, it's a follow up to reports from an undisclosed source saying that my mother and father were double agents during the war. She goes, oh, come on now. You know, that isn't true. He goes, how do I know that? And she says, well, I guess you don't. You don't know. I mean, you don't. You don't know. I guess you'll have to prove it. And then she says, are you are you willing to do that? And he says, yes. 
without hesitation. That's kind of good. And then he tells her even, I think this is another layer. He's telling her about this nightmare that he's reoccurring nightmare that he's had ever since he was a little boy, which again, you know, he's doesn't share this stuff normally. So that was pretty significant. And he said he's been having it a lot lately. I'm looking for my mother and father. All of a sudden this monster comes after me and I run and I run and I run away from him and I get to this door, but it's locked. Just as this monster is about to grab me, I wake up. Now I know that this door means something. It's important, Amanda. And she's like, I don't know. And he goes, now I have an idea. Do you really want to help me? (laughs) She's like, Oh, that's a pretty silly question. That kind of reminds me of later in the season with bad timing when he's like at Mrs. McMurdy's and he's got a bust out of there. And he's like, do you trust me? And she's like, yeah. And she and he says, uh, I can't stay here. And she goes, well, I knew that before we even came here, you know, kind of thing. It's kind of like that. Like it's a foregone conclusion for her. Like, of course, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. He goes, well, then you're really going to have to trust me. I'm trying to see if Blackthorn's got gray hair at this at this scene. I don't know if he does. And oh, my God, did you see those tusks that are on the sides of the each side of the of the fireplace? Yeah, they're huge. Oh, my God, that poor animal that died for those. Those are outlawed. I hope those are fake, but I have a feeling they're not. Back in the day like that? Yeah. Those are huge. Do you know how much money those are were probably worth? Yeah. Ugh, they're ho- that that's horrible. Yuck. Gross. Ugh, that's awful. Anyways, I hope they were just fake props, you know? They look too shiny to be real, so I'm hoping they're not. Ugh. Yeah, he still doesn't have gray hair. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to drop it. I won't, I won't bring it up again, but it's it, true. It pops up, though. Yeah. Eventually, he has gray hair. Yeah. So apparently, over a day, he just he got he got gray hair. His rogue faded away. (laughs) (laughs) So he's by his fireplace. Landers, his like right hand man, I guess, has found a guy who is willing to kill Sinclair. He goes, "Did you find our man?" He goes, "Yeah, he's a real pro. He thinks killing Sinclair is one way ticket to being famous. He wants to know where and when." He goes, "Well." The when will be the day after tomorrow. As to the where, he goes, you tell me. And and then he says there's an empty building uh, across from the plaza. He goes, good. I want your man to check it out tonight. So he's prepared. I don't want any screw ups. And so now, so they've set it up. They're going to assassinate Renee Sinclair. So he's not, he's, to them, he's too much of a goody goody. And he's not going to play ball with them. So he's not dirty like them. So he's he's got to get snuffed out. Which, if you guys think about it, back in 1955, the same thing happened. The Stetsons were, you know, goody goodies, if you will. And they're like, you know, not willing to, to, to get down and dirty with, with him and be like him. So he had snuffed them out. It's just, yeah. it's just yeah. what a ugh, scum of the earth. Now, if anybody has a line on where I can get that sign that's directly behind Amanda at 1606, I would pay a hefty finder's fee. <laughs> I would love to have that sign. That is so cool. Drug dispensary. And it's got the IFF logo on it. That's awesome. Yeah. I would love that. I Mine is more obscure, but that it was actually in this episode. I forgot to mention it earlier, but that when Francine is sitting there, there's the art on the one side, but then the other side has a metal like world map. Yes, that is like oh, I that's so mid-century. That so My cool. grandma had so one just cool. like that. Yes, yeah, that would be super. And it's so obscure, but I feel like it could have been decor, like that they just pulled. So I feel like there's hope that I could eventually. Oh, I, I'm pretty sure on that one. You could. I'll. I'll. I'll see if my mom still has it, Lex. 
because my my grandma my grandma's furniture all went to my mom's uh in my mom's house so a lot of it i'll i'll ask her about it next time i'm i'm down there sounds good thanks lena mander kind of hush hush in the hallway there and and uh and he's like do you know what you need to do she goes yeah i know what i have to do (laughs) and then he's like you got it she goes i got it and he goes okay then do it like go here so in the script it's a little different she says yeah i got it i don't get it but i got it i trust you i do and i got it (laughs) and then he smiles and then nods her inside so that's it was a little more amanda like in the script if you ask me it was kind of cute yeah he's more irritated with her at this point it's like dude she's helping you out (laughs) so exactly you remember that now clearly in amanda ramble that is she is this is where she she shines as her black belt in confusion uh, when she goes to the doctor, like totally plays him. And she goes in there and she's she's like, hello, excuse me, Dr. Anderson. <laughs> and uh, she's like, introduces herself. And, and, you know, I was just wondering, Jen, could somebody do this to you? Could they ask you a question, like something you're really passionate about? And would you get all sciencey on them and totally be like go off on a tangent and like explain the whole thing to him. Oh yeah. I've done that. Lots of <laughs> I could see and that. Fact, I just did it last week. In the last <laughs> with all my girlfriends. About <laughs> <PA> just... <laughs> oh my God. You're a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> they learned a lot though. <laughs> Jen, were they drinking? If not, yes. if they were drinking, then yeah. I don't know how much they absorbed. <laughs> Are you sure they meant it? <laughs> yes, they're all like naturally curious at heart and all that. So That's funny. So somebody could totally do this to you. You could totally get Amanda on this one. <laughs> Ask yes. you a, a question. Yes, I could get distracted by a good question. <laughs> she looks super tan there, doesn't she? To me. Yeah, she does. Yeah. It's, you know, it's right after, they probably are filming this right at the end of the summer. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Lena's too, like Bruce. Yeah. Yeah, well, she's on my on my screen. She's uh, in the doctor's office. So so she's asking him. She's like, it sounds silly, but I'm going to go ahead and ask because I've been wondering for a long time. You know, when we have a headache, we take an aspirin. And he's like, mm-hmm. she goes, and when you have a mess leak, you take an aspirin. You know, we just take an aspirin, take an aspirin, take an aspirin. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's like, well, I was wondering, just wondering, how does it work? And he's like, well, I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> Let me tell you, tell, show you how dorky I am and know all this science stuff. No offense. It's, it's smart. It's smart stuff. So trying to, she's like turning and so that he's distracted and doesn't see Lee. But it's so funny because she's like doing this. Like she doesn't need to do that. And then she's like gets stuck with her arm there and she's just like, mm, and then kind of looks at it like this is weird. It's so funny. He goes, that's just a story. If you come back tomorrow, we could talk about acetaminophen. It's like, oh, wow, that sounds so interesting. And then you could talk about ibuprofen. And ibuprofen and yeah, all that stuff. And she's like, what? Wonderful. Thank you. And she and then she's so sweet instead of just being like, all right, bye. Because she's he got out of there. He got the um, promazepam that he he wanted to get. And uh, she's like, that's very nice of you, Dr. Anderson. And she goes, and if I don't make it tomorrow, it's only because my boys have a ball game. She goes, really? I mean, if you see me, I'm here. <laughs> like, instead of just being like, I'm going to blow this guy off. Don't worry about it. You know, she's like, if I'm not here, it's only, it's not because I'm not interested. It's only because of the game with the boys. That's it. <laughs> well, he could have just explained it to her. 
benefit right then because they only talk for like one minute. <laughs> She's going to come back tomorrow. Part two. It's a little different in the script. Uh, what transpires when she comes out of the office, Lee's waiting for her. She goes, what did you just do? He goes, swiped a vial of promazepam. And she goes, are you crazy? That stuff's experimental. It's just, un- it's got unpredictable side effects and it'll turn your brain inside out like a wet paper bag. He goes, that's why I needed it. She goes, it's controlled. He goes, I've been trained to use it. She goes, you stole it. He goes, you helped me. She goes, oh, an unpleasant little detail. <laughs> and he goes, who's going to know? <laughs> well, in the script is a little different. She goes, it's controlled. You need training to use it. He goes, I've been trained. She goes, you stole it. He goes, you and you help me. And he says, unpleasant little detail. She doesn't say it, but he does. And then she goes, what if they find out you took it? He goes, who's going to know? And then all of a sudden off screen, you see, you hear Francine, not Billy. Francine, she goes, hold it right there, Scarecrow. And Lee and Amanda stop and exchange a weary look as Francine walks up to them. But it's a false alarm. Francine says, where are you two going in such a hurry? And she goes, I needed, I need to find an aspirin. She goes, really? She goes to Lee. There's some rumblings on the street about a plot to assassinate Sinclair. Treasury's antsy. They didn't like the idea of this of him staying at the Blackthorn estate because it's a tough perimeter to secure. But Blackthorn insisted. Anyway, Billy wants everybody to keep an ear to the ground. And he says, will do. But it's actually Billy who comes up as they're arguing. And and he says, hold it right there. She goes, yes, sir. He goes, what are you doing at the dispensary? She goes, headache. I have a horrible headache, sir. I need an aspirin. He goes, yeah, a real Lollapalooza. And then Billy's the one who says that the treasury is getting antsy with Sinclair because they don't like the idea of him staying at the Blackthorn Estate. So keep your ear to the ground. Absolutely. We'll do it. And then he says, there's an agent, McCreary, keeps leaving you a message, says he has to see you as soon as possible. He goes, could you pick up your messages more than once a week? She's like, yes, sir. I'll remind him, sir. And then they get into the closet elevator. I love how she sticks all the clothes, co- coats all back too. <laughs> too. Very Amanda. Mm-hmm. And then they're there to see McCreary. And he's like, you're not going to believe this. He goes, he goes, yeah, this is from my father's file. He goes, I'd like to call your attention to the name at the top of the page, the source. And it says Thomas Blackthorne, which I was half expecting it to say Joseph Blackthorne, just because they switched the name. I didn't know if they would have got the continuity. People would have grabbed it, but they actually did. They have Thomas. It's such a minor change. Like why would they do that? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe there was somebody named Joseph Blackthorn. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps maybe. And made it slightly different. Perhaps. I don't know. Um, so now McCrary's like, okay, are we square? And he's like, yeah. So now he's happy. And now Lee shakes his hand finally. And Lee says, Thomas Blackthorne, why would he want to accuse my parents of treason? Boy, his uncle got accused of treason. He's gotten accused of treason. Uh, His parents have both been accused of treason. Who hasn't? He knows, you know? Amanda, too. Like, they, they all are just goes. Yeah, them. it's like all of them, man. Yeah. No, no one's free from suspicion, I guess. I yeah, guess not. Exactly. Keeps everyone on it. I do like this uh, when when Lee's pulling up to the Blackthorn estate. He's like, Amanda, just I'll go along with it, okay? And she's like, all right. This is where she kind of turns it on. She she shows her badge and then he's like, we've got a line on those death threats against Mr. Sinclair. And Amanda then adds in, we want to ask him a couple of questions. Only take a few minutes. Very like confidently. Yeah. And, then, and then Lee goes, nice pickup. She goes, yeah, I'll probably be sorry I did that. <laughs> <laughs> that estate is gorgeous though. Look at that. My goodness, yeah. set up on a hill like that, the gate, 
goodness. So Secret Service let them up and then they're going inside. Now, I would like to draw your attention. Okay, first off, is this the Playboy Mansion? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I'm going to have to look it up now. I'm pretty sure that is the Playboy Mansion from, remember the show they had, uh, The Girls Next Door? I swear to God, that's the Playboy Mansion. I see what it says. Wouldn't that be a hoot? <laughs> It was. That would be amazing. That would be just super incredible. It really looks like it. Okay, so it says Max Bush House, 160 South San Rafael Street, Pasadena, California. Hmm. Other things have been filmed there. Dynasty, Rocky. It's very pretty. Lobsters. Aliens? Mm. Well, that's a dynasty. This has been somebody's house in dynasty where she wrote. I mean, it said it was destroyed in a fire in 2005. That's terrible. Oh, oh no. no. Right, wow. It's 160 South San Rafael Avenue, right? Yeah. Here. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, street, then it must. Street, not Avenue, but it's probably the same thing. Yeah. It must not be because it must not be the same then. Because you said Pasadena and that was in, they were in LA. I'm most positive. Let me look it up. 160 South. Yeah, I looked, I, I just looked it up by, um. What, what's the Playboy Mansion? Playboy Mansion. I'm not going to look it up on my computer. Give me one second here. Well, this. My boss might get mad at me. No, she wouldn't. She's awesome. Six million, six point six million dollars. <laughs> so the Playboy the Mansion grotto. is in LA. It's at one zero two three six Charing Cross Road. Okay, it looks very. Is there a picture of it, Lex? Do you, can you see? Because it? it looks very similar to it. That little area that the car's at. It looks very similar. Oh, that would have been cool if it was. Oh goodness! Don't throw shit. Can you see it? Yeah. See that does. It looks. It looks similar to me. Similar. It's not the same, obviously. This like, whole little circle area reminds me of um, Emily and Richard Gilmore's house from uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, so, yeah? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Watch that. No, I don't. But well, it's, like, right off one of the it's similar style for sure. But okay, that's mm-hmm. disappointing. I was hoping it was the Playboy Mansion. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, that would have been really cool. That would have been cool. So when they do come up, though, guys, um, and they go to the gate... And they ring the bell and a, a, a blonde woman comes up as a maid for Mr. Blackthorn. That's the fire from that Max <gasps> oh, Bush house. Oh, no. Isn't that terrible? That's so sad. And so with the brick, right. all that brick. You should not see because it's showing the still built on where I'm looking. Well, if, you, if it's the Max Bush house, then that's what it said. It said historical Pasadena mansion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Formerly the residence of Max Bush at 160 South San Rafael. Yeah, that's it. Maybe they rebuilt it. They probably rebuilt it. Wait, let me see. Oh, there it goes. Wow, that's so sad. That's so sad. It's such a beautiful place. I bet you it's gorgeous inside. I wonder if that's... It was gorgeous inside? Yeah. Okay, so I was saying uh, the blonde woman, the maid. Do you guys know Mm -hmm. who she is? The blonde woman Uh, maid, no. I have to go back and look. I, I don't see her. She is Mrs. Sam Melville. What? And that's cool. That's Kate's friend. You know, Kate's friend and yeah. obviously yeah. Sam Melville's wife. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Very cool. What's she doing prancing around in there? <laughs> <laughs> Helping out. She was on set a lot. She did some, like, you know, script uh, work stuff. Not writing, but um, kind of script work. So her line is, uh, yes, sir, I'll announce you. <laughs> So they're waiting to go see Blackthorn. They obviously are there on false pretenses. 
um, because he's there to talk to him about his parents. And they're saying it's on a lead about Renee Sinclair assassination attempt. Look at the look at the woodwork in that place. I know. Oh, my gosh. That breaks my heart that there was a fire there and it was all gone. Oh, that breaks my heart. That's beautiful, though. That front door. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's very sweet, though. Amanda says, you know, look, if he says he'll see you, why don't I wait here? Because he may have some things to tell you that are, are private. And, you know, you wouldn't want me around. Isn't that a sweet? opportunity for him to correct her, but he doesn't. He doesn't. I, I mean, I think he's very linear at this point. He's just thinking, you know, he wants to get answers to his questions. But, yeah, that would have been a, a great, uh, for a boyfriend moment, uh, for brownie points, yeah, that would have been a great time to do that. Lexi, you're totally right. <laughs> Now, this this office, look at all that wood and look at the tapestries on the wall. I mean, good gosh. Gorgeous. Absolutely stunning. Oh, man. I wouldn't want to clean it, but it's very pretty. (laughs) (laughs) So the maid brings him in and uh, when Lee is there, which now now he's got gray hair. (laughs) Now he's older, Jen. So he's aged from the, the day before. Now he's older. But when he looks up, and he sees Lee Stetson, who looks just like his father, Matthew Stetson. I bet you he about crapped himself. Like mm-hmm. this, like, it's like a ghost is coming back to haunt him, you know? I mean, right. you'd think he'd have some, some guilt for, for killing a young, you know, young parents like that. But who knows? Maybe he's just yeah. a black hearted bastard. I don't know. Like orphaned a kid. Yeah, exactly. And now you see this kid, you know, a very handsome strapping young lad sorry um that you know right in front of you like that that would be great i would just be like i would literally pee myself like out of oh crap the ghost is back to kill me kind of thing you know and haunt me so lee comes in un, you know doesn't know he doesn't know that he's his father was such a part of this guy's life you know significant part maybe for a short bit but very significant and hands him the files and blackthorn who is now gray-haired um it looks at him and uh and then it's it's cool because you see the overlay of matthew stetson on to lee stetson because that's what blackthorn's seeing so it's really cool again those special effects that kate uses in here it's it's really cool it gives you that sense and he's just like whoa and then he sees the files and he's like, yeah, these are the reports I filed on your parents. He goes, look, Mr. Stetson, I heard things. I had to report them. Yeah, bastard. He goes, what? Re- report what? Rumors? I, I like the color of Lee's tie. That's really pretty. That teal, dark teal like that. Mm-hmm. And then he said there were no formal proceedings. You know, it's just a just a black mark on their records. He goes, look, Mr. Stetson, I know that this is very difficult for you, but there's nothing I can do to help you. I made those reports based on the facts as I knew them. And I stand by these reports. Yeah, jerk. And he hands them back. So that implies that he filed it after they were dead, right? Yeah. Like, why, why would he need to do that? Because... Well, yeah, because now... I'm sure he had to clean up the mess. I mean, there's, you know, they they'd wonder probably. And then, so he had to, like throw it on them that they were the they were the traitors you know and, and not him to yeah. kind of throw off the maybe, scent maybe maybe but he calls them like double agents but it didn't have anything to do with this business that he had right yeah i don't know, so I don't know why. well because they said he used they got he had money that he used from the the war 
somehow they don't know how right so maybe he pointed it to to them instead of him maybe maybe you think that'd be in the report but maybe he's just covering his bases you know like if something came up in the future he could there'd be suspicion on them because he kind of clouded their name yeah said that they were double agents yeah well so there's this is kind of interesting in the script Lander spots Lee striding down the hall toward him, Amanda by his side. So this is before he goes in to to see Blackthorn. And uh, Lander says, hold it. And Lee smiles broadly. Hi there. They walk past. Landers puts his hand out to stop Amanda. In one swift motion, Lee twists the man's arm behind his back, then lets go, grabs the lapels of Landers' jacket from behind and pulls downward, straight jacketing him. Lee spins Landers around and with a solid left to the jaw, knocks him cold. Landers slumps to the floor. Lee looks for somewhere to stash him. Amanda finds a closet. She goes, in here. They drag Landers to the closet and shove him in. The door won't quite close. I love this. Lee says, too much goon, not enough closet. Oh my God. <laughs> and yeah. Amanda says, you go ahead, I'll watch him. And then Lee nods, takes the files and walks towards <laughs> Blackthorn's office. I love that. Too much goon, not enough closet. <laughs> oh, that cracked me up. So then in the distance, so this is after... Faced with Blackthorn's sincerity, Lee suddenly um, looks very unsure. So, you know, like, okay, well, if he's so sure my parents are, you know, double agents, and maybe they were, you know, maybe I didn't know him like I thought kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so then uh, exterior Blackthorn estate, in the distance, we see Lee and Amanda walking to the Corvette. Blackthorn's lighting a cigar as he steps into frame, followed by a, a beat uh, later by Landers, who was straightening his jacket. So apparently he got his, he got out of the closet uh, and Lander says, I think I can stop them at the front gate. And Blackthorn says, no, leave them to the Secret Service. I don't want, I don't think he's going to be any trouble. He just got some bad news. Blackthorn walks away. Landers waits until he's gone inside, then motions to a couple of men to follow him. And then Amanda's driving in the cor- in the Corvette when they leave, okay? And Lee is looking through the files. And Lee says, I missed something. Something here has got to explain this. And then something in the car catch, uh, mirror catches Amanda's eye. And Amanda says, Lee, I think we've got a tail. Lee checks the passenger side mirror and a sedan uh, shadows the Corvette. Lee says, you're going to have to lose them, Amanda. Re- ready for a little evasive driving. She says, at least it's not the station wagon. And Amanda floors it. I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> Amanda and the Corvette flooring it. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. The Corvette moves. The Corvette zooms ahead. The slower sedan pursues. Amanda concentrates on her driving while Lee thinks. Lee says, let's see if we uh, can't turn this into our advantage. Turn left up ahead, then pull in. The Corvette screams through a turn, then disappears around the corner of a building. Several seconds behind, Landers follows the Corvette. Landers gets out of his car, finding himself facing a row of identical Corvettes, but only one has license plates and he starts toward it lee's hands clamp down on his shoulders from behind a quick repeat of the straight jacket maneuver and then lee gets him in an arm lock lee says let's have a little chat and then landers yelling says get this guy three previously unseen goons pop up and jump out of the car 
One pulls out a gun as they move in. Not wasting his grip on Landers, Lee socks him. Landers rolls into the armed man and the gun goes flying. Suddenly, one of the cars roars to life as Amanda screeches out of the row straight ahead. The men scatter from the path of the onrushing car. Lee vaults over the Corvette just as Amanda hits the brakes. He's, he's inside in a flash. They speed away, leaving Landers and his goons in the dust. So definitely didn't get to see that at all. This is why I think, again, there's some scenes that were, this scene, that scene was cut. I think that's why Billy's so pissed off at the two of them, because really all they did was go over and, you know, that wasn't a big deal, but it's all this other stuff where he, he's in a fight with Landers. He's, you know, they're, they're getting this chase scene. They had the secret service men all up and that's why it makes more sense that he's so pissed off at them, you know? And, and yeah, it didn't seem, it just seemed over the top, didn't it? Yeah, when I was watching it again, um, I actually, I watched it today, and I was like, uh, that's, like, why is he so angry? Right. He just, you know, he's usually so chill on so many, like, non-issues that for this to be the one where he's, like, going off on Yeah. seems a little weird. Now it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the film version, he goes, I'm ready to hear your explanation now. And she goes, sir, we could apologize to Mr. Blackthorne. He goes, no, we can't. (laughs) He's like, I'm not apologizing to that guy. He goes, it wasn't from Blackthorn. It was came from the Secret Service. And they checked with Sinclair after you left yesterday. You never spoke with him about the death threats. Now, I don't like my agents to abuse their security privileges. I don't like getting complaints from Treasury before I've had my morning coffee. And I don't want friction between agencies. So unless you have a legitimate concern about Sinclair's security and can tell me what it is, stay clear of the Blackthorn estate. Understood. And Amanda's like, yes, sir. He goes, I think this agency has been bruised enough for one day. And I love this. He goes, do me a favor. Just go away for a while. (laughs) I don't even want to look at you. (laughs) And Lee's like, yeah, sure. She's like, yes, sir. (laughs) She looks like she's scared out of her mind. In the script, because after this, that scene right there, the actual scene uh, goes, Billy holds up a hand in warning and Amanda, Amanda goes, sir. And then Billy holds up a hand in warning and Amanda shuts up. He finally settles in his chair. He goes, I'm ready to hear an explanation now. And Amanda says, sir, we can always say we're sorry to Mr. Blackthorn. And Lee says, no, we can't. And Amanda says, but his goons did follow us. And one of them had a gun, sir. And Billy says, quiet. I'm sorry I asked. The complaint didn't come from Blackthorn. It came from the Secret Service. And then they exchange a look, a look of surprise, but say nothing. And then, then he goes off about asking Blackthorn and he never talked about Sinclair. So... Um, now we get back to this film version and Lee says, we should have done this yesterday, meaning the probamazepam. And he goes, now I'll go under fast. Do you have the list? She goes, yeah. And he goes, remember if my temperature spikes suddenly, or if I start to go get violent, you bring me out right, right out of this. If I convulse, she goes, please don't do that. <laughs> That's what I would be like too. Like, yeah, don't do any of those things. And then we don't have to worry about right. it. <laughs> yep. So he goes under pretty quickly and he's in kind of that hypnotic state and she starts talking through it with him and she's like do you know who I am I love this he goes my Amanda with the sweetest smile (laughs) and she kind of like smirks a little bit and uh she's like all right I want you to look at your dream so she gets him to talk about his dream and kind of see it from you know kind of a bird's eye view instead of being the scared child and he's going down the stairs and he says he's not supposed to be there and he gets really worked up about it. And she goes, do you see a locked door? And he's like, dad, 
open the door and he's trying to and you see a kid pulling and trying to get in there but he can't and then she's like what's behind it and he's like mommy and daddy it's it's safe soto voice says there's a room in the basement and he's getting upset he's like you know i'm not supposed to be in there so as a child he was told you you should never talk about this you know it was really important it was a secret and now he's she's like okay you're back upstairs she's explaining to him that the monster can't hurt him because he can't move because he's frozen so that way he's not afraid of the monster he can kind of calm down a little bit and see get more of a look yeah yeah get more of a look at who it is without being frightened that it's going to get him can't move and he can't hurt you all right what does he look like and he's like it doesn't have a face and she goes it's gone the monster's gone (laughs) when i count to three You'll wake up and you'll feel refreshed and good as if you've had a long night's sleep. And then she kind of hesitates. She goes, you feeling all right? And he's like, "Mm, I'm fine. And she's like, do you have time for just one more question? And she goes, no, never mind. Look, and okay, uh, one, (laughs) what do you think she was going to ask you guys? That would have been awesome. I know, right? What do you think she was going to ask? Something about their relationship or? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially yeah. if you found so like often like so cold like this episode and like distant like I feel like that would have been the perfect opportunity. <laughs> but then she's like, oh no, no, I won't do that. Okay. <laughs> I thought about it, but I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was so funny because she's like, oh, and then do you have? Okay, you know what? No, look, just let's keep going. You know, it's so cute. Like she just she stops herself. Like I really want to know, but it's not healthy for you to be under too long, so we can't do this. <laughs> It's so very sweet. I know. It's so sweet. But then he wakes up and then it dawns on him like, oh, there's a, a room in the a hidden room in the basement. And she's like holding him down like, you can't get up. And she goes, uh, you've got almost a whole CC of that stuff in you. Now, the manual says you've got to stay down for 12 hours. Now, come on. And he goes, you just help me or I'm going to do this on my own. <laughs> So the one of the few times we get to see Amanda driving the Corvette, we got to see it um, a few episodes ago in uh, uh, The Boy Who Could Be King, but it's kind of fun to see her driving it. It just mm-hmm. doesn't, you see her always in the station wagon, you know? Yeah. So she pulls up in front of this really, really cute little house. It the, the, the little white gate reminds me of Amanda's house. It's really sweet. And it's very, like a very tree-lined little neighborhood. Super cute mm-hmm. house. And the little boy up in the tree, he's up there and Lee sees him, but everything's in slow motion and the sound of it, everything is like staccato and it's, again, very cool visual looks. You can't just turn away and not watch this episode. You don't know what's going on, you know? Yeah. And Amanda sees him and she's like, you know, are you all right? And and he's like, uh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then he explains it that he spent a lot of his childhood uh you know, when he was a kid up in that tree. He says, it's that tree. I probably spent more time in it than my room. He's like, don't worry, I'm all right. So then they go up to the house and uh, knock on the door. Nobody's answering. They don't give it a lot of time because, I mean, what if you're up in your bedroom and all of a sudden you hear somebody coming through? That'd be a little weird. They're pretty bold about breaking I know. I know. Door. Right? Yes. And so she turns around, like, giving him cover and he picks the lock and they get in. So this is his, his childhood, you know, well, his up until he, his parents died and uh you hear voiceovers you can hear interactions with his family his dad saying you know announcing that he's home her you know calling to him in the script they had a few scenes you know like um talking about birthday cake and stuff like that so you you know he's having this flood of memories come to him which i grew up in the same house that my mom still lives in so it's like i still have that even when i go in there you know i'll 
go visit or something, it's like you just you turn a certain way or you see a certain location in the house and it like floods your memories with all that stuff. So I can imagine going back that long ago, not being there for so right. long. That would have been weird, you know? Yeah. I wish I had that. Yeah. I lived in like so many different houses. Yeah. Up. So did Lane. But... Yeah. Yeah. No, my parents, my mom's lived there for 48 years and I'm 47. Wow. So yeah. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Long time. Yep. A man is like, okay, well, where do we go? And uh, he goes to the one side. He goes to his left and then quickly does a, she stops and then turns around and he's like, no, it's this way. So then they go immediately down to the basement and it's just a little bitty basement. The basement actually, I believe is the same basement they use in, it's in the water. Lee's still having these flashbacks. So he's having moments where he's remembering things and he sees um, his father at the top of the stairs calling to him, telling him, you know, you're not supposed to be down there. You know, that was off limits down there. Come on up. So then he goes up. So then they look around the basement and Lee realizes it's not a regular door into a room. It's a trap door. And he's kind of stuck in his memories. And he's like remembering all this. And Amanda's calling to him. And then he turns around and he's like, it's a trap door and it's here somewhere. So not only did they bust into this person's house, now they're cutting the linoleum on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> Jen's just shaking crazy. her head like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and it's unlikely that somebody wouldn't have found that over the years because people remodel and mm-hmm. pull up flooring. And- well, he says something when they come out from underneath the, from outside of the room. He goes, let's get this stuff out of here before someone comes home and we have to do some fancy explaining. And Amanda says, Mr. Melrose will appreciate that. <laughs> like, uh-huh. he's not going to have to yell at us again, hopefully. She probably doesn't like to get in trouble. But maybe they should leave, like, a couple hundred dollars yeah. on the floor. <laughs> right? Like, just leave it there. Yeah. yeah. For, sorry for screwing this up, but hey, here's some extra square footage in your house you didn't know about. Right. <laughs> They find the door. He crawls down there. I mean, this is from 1955, you guys. No one knows this is there, right? So 1955, can you imagine the spiders and the nasty, creepy crawlies that are down there? No, 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 no. And so he, uh, the light still works. He's looking around and it's his parents' office, you know, their hiding place. And so Amanda's coming down as well. And he's trying to, you can see he wants to look around, but he's got to be there to help her come down. (laughs) He goes, you know, they told me this place was secret so many times. I guess I didn't remember it. She's like, well, you look at this. He goes, yeah. And you can see, I mean, everything's still there. He goes, Amanda, let's get this stuff up before somebody comes home and we have some fancy explaining to do. She goes, yeah, Mr. Melrose would appreciate that. I like that. (laughs) So in this, they find the books. They find some files. Lee sees the uh, pipe of his dad's, one of his pipes, and he pockets it. Well, Amanda also pockets something, too, in the script. As they're gathering up the papers, Lee surreptitiously slips the pipe into his pocket, then starts toward the stairs. And Amanda says, wait. She carefully puts the china cup in her purse. Lee smiles gratefully. So it's his mom's uh, china teacup, and she grabs that for him, which is very sweet, you know? And so now they're back at their apartment and they're looking over all the files and such. I mean, that would be such a treasure trove, you know, to be able to see what his parents you know what I mean because he doesn't know his parents I mean I don't have hardly any memories of five years you know from five years down you know from Mm -hmm. zero to five very very few from when my sister passed away and that was about it and that was when I was like three and that was just like image like a snap you know image 
of things. I would have thought they would have snooped around more and like ripped the dusk up a little bit more than they did. Yeah. Right. Well, I think you get an, you get the idea that they got as everything that they could, but without showing all of it and everything, because it's such a dark little. You can hardly see them in there. You know, they probably didn't want to dwell too much on it, but yeah, they're at least saying they're going to run things through the agency computers, see what they can find. She goes, you know, it's funny. And he goes, what? She goes, the the little marks around uh, that document that he found, they're vaguely familiar. She goes, but I don't know why. And then he goes, it's got to be a code of some, time, some kind. And she's like, yeah. And then she stumbles upon Jennifer's diary and she kind of makes a hmm sound. And he goes, what? And she goes, well, it's, uh, it's a letter from your mother and hands it to him. It's, I mean, can you imagine? She goes, it starts up there, and then he starts reading it. He has some really good acting, some facial, good ex- facial expressions in this. My dear yeah. son, there's so much I want to tell you when you get older. And then he kind of gets, you know, flustered a little bit. So he asks Amanda to read it, which is sweet. The Yeah, the Klimt. I was going to say that, and I didn't want to sound too, uh, yeah. But it is. But it is. It's, yeah, he's got choked up. Um, so she starts reading it, and then you hear his mom's voice uh, come off screen as well. Um, kind of narrating it so it's coming it right out of her i'll start with your father everyone thinks we met in the states in 1949 which is it's kind of nice they're actually acknowledging like hey we know we said in the eyes have it that you know the parents met in 1949 but this is we're gonna fix it (laughs) and this is how they actually they met years before actually during the war in london you know so it's kind of cool um because it's the war ended in 45 uh, and then they supposedly met in 49, but they av- obviously met well before that. So, and then they didn't have Lee until 1950. So it's kind of cool that they actually took the time to explain it, you know? Yep. And then we get a flashback, which again, th- this one's loaded with flashbacks. It's kind of fun. And it's so reminiscent of what actually happened between Lee and Amanda. It's, it's, it's obviously you're like, oh, come on. That's so coincidental. Right. But it's, it's actually cute too. It's kind of fun. You know, yeah. So she's explaining from her own, you know, words. She's minding her own business when suddenly a cheeky yank uh, grabs her. And and then you see them actually, you know, going through it. And he's like, I'm in trouble. Someone's following me. Just walk with me, please. She goes, no, I will not. No, no, please. I'm in trouble. And then that look, you know, that pleading look. She's like, all right. What do you want me to do? Which is so, I mean, it's almost verbatim what Amanda said and what Lee said. So he wants her to take the letter to the prime minister's office. It's life or death. It always is, Stetson. She was, he's like, what's your name? She goes, I don't think that's any of your business. Just deliver it, please. And then he runs off and then some goons start chasing him. So obviously it's uh, very reminiscent. She said she did try to deliver the letter, but... Who's going to let her in to t- 10 Downing Street? And I didn't think it. W- I should put it in the post. Unlike Amanda. <laughs> then one night, there he was, peering in the window of the, my basement flat. It's so sweet. He's so innocent looking there. Lee, you know, he just looks like, you know, like a kid just listening to a story his parents are telling him, you know, it's very sweet. And then Amanda says it goes on and on and there's even a family tree. So that definitely is a little treasure that they found for him, which is great. But they also found some damning evidence too. And then Amanda says, that's really quite a legacy. And then she says like father, like son in the script. She just says like father, like son. She doesn't actually say the legacy part. I mean, wouldn't you be sitting there? I mean, if you were her, when you go, dude, that's what happened with us. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't see Amanda saying dude, but you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Okay, Lex, thirty-four fifty-seven. Okay. Good looking or not? His, his, wait, you're talking about the guy, right? The guy with the gray pants and the shirt? Yeah. Yeah, I watched him stroll in just a second ago. Uh, that outfit is not it for me, but the swag that he's got, like, walking, like, that swagger. And I have to say, him, he's got a, up. he fills out the pants in the front quite a bit. <laughs> I'm not one to look there typically, but well, he's got it really. He's got it on display. It's really tight there, and it's very full. <laughs> Just saying. I, I have to say, I do like his hair. I thought that's Absolutely. why I saw him. I'm like, oh, that's Lexi's gonna like that, and it's blondish, um, blondish brown, sandy color. Wait, no, it's not blonde. It's like dark brown, which is abnormal. It kind of looks like a little light. It's got like that sandy yeah. look in the front to me, like a frosted look to me. Oh. And yeah, maybe it's just a picture. Like pure dark brown, but maybe maybe you're right. You know what? Now, yeah, yeah, I could get with him. He's he's a great eighties guy. And he's and he's definitely older, so you would definitely uh. Yeah, yeah. his forearms are great. Um, yeah, I was just looking at that. His dark hair is great. I like how she qualifies it with he's a great eighties guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's definitely got a big a nice physique, you know. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And again, Jen, Black Blackthorn doesn't have any gray hair at this juncture either. So maybe just in his office he gets gray hair. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him. It's so funny. They died at some point in the process. The scenes are out of order. Renee's saying goodbye because he's going to be leaving from the event the next day and going to the airport directly from them. They're saying goodbye now. And Blackthorn is just such a bastard. I mean, he just pretends to be your friend and then cut you off at the knees you know what an awful awful person and he says don't work too hard he goes oh don't worry he goes after seven years of of revolution i think i'm due for a little peace and quiet well if blackthorn has his way you'll be sleeping with the fishes Mm -hmm. have a safe trip friend my friend yeah okay boy his his little tush is in there (laughs) those pants too isn't it (laughs) I feel like a dirty bird. I'm not even attracted to him, but I have just his physique. He's got his pants really tight. <laughs> he's got it on display. Yes, he does. Working his ass hats, as they say. <laughs> Landers and uh, Blackthorn have confirmed that everything's set. They're going to go through with it. So nobody's had any remorse, I guess, and regret. Okay, do you guys like her blue rose shirt? Yes. Okay. I like it with the white yeah with a cream skirt yeah and the belt like she always has on i do not like green eggs and ham i do not like lee's jacket at all (laughs) that is horrible i love francine's sweater though with her hair oh i'll have to i haven't looked i haven't gotten there yet so hold on so lee and amanda are selling the story of you know like what they found out to billy and billy is just He's constantly got to be, he's a typical lawyer, right? So he's always got to have all the proof, you know, and he's like, that's circumstantial. You know, you don't, you know, that doesn't mean anything, but it's all very fishy. So they're trying to explain that they have all these companies and none of them are still around. There's only the one company that went bankrupt. And she goes, and none of these companies ever actually existed. He goes, so? She goes, so every, he goes, so every one of these is a dummy company, which can be traced to the same company, Redmond Supply. 
And she says, started by Thomas Blackthorne with money that he got somehow during the war. He goes, I thought I told you to stay away from Blackthorne. She goes, this is all research. Come on, Billy. Doesn't this tell you? He goes, yes, it tells me something. It tells me you have an obsession. It tells me you need a couple of days off and don't argue with me. I'm doing you a favor by giving you a couple of days to cool out. As of now, you're on leave. I want you to turn the material over to Francine and let her sort it out. If there's any real crime involved, we'll follow up on it. Understood. That's not going to go over well. He's fuming. Oh, another one of those lovely signs I could, I would totally nab. (laughs) So Amanda's looking at that document that they found in his parents' hidden office uh, in the basement there. And she said, you know, this stuff in the the margin is shorthand. And uh, well, it's not only shorthand I've ever seen. She goes, I know it's not. I think it could be an old method called Pittman. And I think I've seen Francine use it before. She goes, why don't I find you and we'll meet you back upstairs. So in the script, it's a little bit different. Amanda and Lee walk to the elevator. She goes, well, we tried. He goes, and we're not finished. She goes, I know we're not. Why don't I give this stuff to Francine and see if she can come up with something we missed. See you upstairs. And then she leaves at the elevator and heads for the bullpen. And then Amanda approaches Francine's desk with an armful of papers and says, Francine, take a look at this. And she goes, what's all that? She goes, Mr. Melrose said to turn it over to you. She goes, oh, wonderful. Like I don't have enough to do. Francine scans the top page as Amanda turns to leave. And Francine says, hmm, Pittman shorthand. I haven't seen that in ages. Amanda turns back quickly. Yes, that's it. Pittman shorthand. And Francine says, I think I just said that. And Amanda says, I remember now I had a real old teacher in high school who used it for making personal notes. Francine, can you read this? She goes with a look. As it happens, I learned a little several years. And then she kind of hesitates a a couple of years ago in in England. And Amanda's pointing. She goes right here. These symbols are repeated over and over again. She goes chartered, Ile de Marin. And Amanda grabs Francine by the arm and drags her out of her chair. She goes, come with me. And then they head up to the to the Q Bureau. And then in this film version, that's where we catch up here. Blackthorne, she's reading Blackthorne signature on petrol requisition, not authorized. Blackthorne positive link, at least 200,000. Gave Blackthorne copy of faked voucher and then advised he turn himself in. We will meet him tonight. That's it. Uh, Lee says, what's the date on last entry? She says September 18th. He goes, that's the night they died. She goes, Thomas Blackthorne sold allied supplies to the Russians. So it says Russians and it's voiced over. It says Russians, but actually in the script and what they actually say, because you can see their mouths moving, it says Nazis, but they've removed that and changed it to Russians. So I guess they didn't want to offend the West Germans, maybe, um, and who would maybe buy this or something. I don't know, because they changed it to Russians. Clearly, when they filmed it, it was Nazis. You can see them when they say it. You can see Lee say Nazis. (laughs) And it, then you hear a, a voiceover of him saying Russians. Wow. Yeah. It happens twice, I think. So in the script, it changes a little bit. He goes, they died that night. Joseph Blackthorne sold allied supplies to the Nazis. That's treason. And then Amanda says, then he took the money to an obscure little country and started a business empire. And Francine says, no wonder he's so tight with Renee Sinclair. And then started a business empire and kept on stealing. And then Lee says, he's still in the country, right? And she goes, yeah, international. He's at the plaza for uh, a luncheon in his honor. And then he's going straight to the airport. So he's like, well, let's go. Let's go there. And and so we can talk to him. Then we see right in front of the plaza, we see a guy up on the roof with a gun. And he's going to assassinate Renee Sinclair when he comes out. 
And when they get Lee and Amanda and Francine pull up, Lee sees a man, which I think is Landers, which he knows is Landers because he's dealt with him already, I thought, but maybe not. In the script he did, but not here. He's the one who's Don Johnson over on the in the shadows there. He keeps looking up at the roof and Lee looks up and then sees the, the shooter up there. He tells Amanda to go inside and make sure that Sinclair stays put. And then Francine and, and Lee um, move on keep moving on and he tells her to go bag Don Johnson <laughs> that's a Miami Vice uh joke Lex Got it. okay thank you for yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lee and uh the serv- secret service guys go up on the roof and and get the the shooter which is good they stopped him and then and then as Lee's up there on the roof he has another image flash in front of him and he actually sees Blackthorn at his parents cuz he's up in the tree and he hears Blackthorn say that they're going to meet that night and they're going to have to take care of him so he realizes who it is he knows it's Blackthorn he knows that Blackthorn's the bad guy and he's going he's on his way now to go deal with Blackthorn And so he runs over and he says, he did it. Blackthorn's behind everything. He put the shooter on the roof and he killed my parents. And she's like, wait a minute, where are you going? And then he runs off in his his Corvette and takes off. He goes, it was no accident. And so she jumps in the other car, which I believe is in the script, it says it's Lander's car. And Francine's yelling like, hey, I need to impound that car. Like, don't, don't take it. (laughs) And then she runs off. So now Lee pulls up at the Blackthorn estate. And jumps, he takes the, the long way and jumps over the fence and gets in. <laughs> Don't you love that? And then Amanda gets there and she looks around like, I'm not hiking over that damn fence. <laughs> so she just walks over to the, the open door gate there and gets in. She always tries this simple solution. <laughs> yeah. Get yeah. It's so funny. So, so Lee comes in. Blackthorn's got gray hair again. Just for those that were that were paying, you know, trying to pay attention here. Lee's got his gun. My mother and father found out about your dealings with the Russians. And you fed the CIA with a lot of phony accusations to discredit them. But it was too big a risk to let them live. So you staged an accident. I want to hear you admit it. Holding a gun on me is not the way to get to the truth. You killed my mother and father, you bastard! Now you say it! Stetson! Your shooter missed his target today, Blackthorn. And the Secret Service isn't far behind me, so I think you want to get out of here fast. If I admit it, will you let me walk? Yeah, sure. You can walk. Everything I said before was the truth. See, I made a lot of mistakes. But I don't want to spend the rest of my life paying for me. But your parents, your parents were very good at their job. And they had a lot of stuff on me, enough to nail me. I had to discredit them. So we set up this meeting. But the truck, that truck came out of nowhere. The accident was real. No, it wasn't. Wait! I told you, I framed them. Now, we had an agreement. I lied. Yeah, I don't know why he doesn't just admit that he had them killed, you know? I mean, you're already right. stuck, yeah. you know? Right. But he, I guess he's hoping that he'll get away with it. And then we have another flashback with his parents coming home. And uh, and then Lee's kind of stuck in that, and he's, like, shaking his head. And then as he's doing that, Blackthorn sees that he's not all there and reaches for his gun, which obviously Amanda sees that already because she's a, 
just standing there. And she throws the plate against the wall. And then Lee turns right away and shoots and gets Blackthorn. Again, Kate, I'm sure, he had the papers and they flow, throw all, go all up in the air and then slowly come down in slow motion. That was kind of a cool image too, you know? It was. Yeah. And then she comes over and he puts his arm around her. He goes, Amanda. She goes, yeah. He goes, the monster has a face. Yeah, but he's a dead man. He's dead. He's a dead monster. And then that that's how it ends uh, before the tag. So that's, that's the end of the that act. Uh, and then we're at a cemetery and uh, we have uh, Lee standing in front of his parents' graves. And Amanda comes. I like her dress. I think that's cute. It's kind of a departure for her normal Amanda frumpy look, you know, sometimes can be, yeah, you know, it's, like it's cute. Too. Yeah, it's really pretty color. You know, she brought flowers and she said, hope you don't mind you weren't you weren't at home. So I figured you'd be here. And he's like, no, not at all. She goes, I grew these in, in the garden. And then she puts them and um, places them on the grave. He goes, I haven't been here in a long time. Somehow it always seemed easier to stay away. But now, and then we get to see their graves. So that was nice. And she goes, okay, I'm going to leave you alone now. She just wanted to check in on him. And he's like, no, Amanda, don't go. He goes, I sure wish you could have known them. And then she looks at him and she, she kind of... You know, says, I think I do because she knows him. So she knows them. I think that's very sweet. Yes. So very cute. Mm -hmm. There's another scene uh, that we didn't see. It's the same scene. It's just more intense uh, with uh, Lee and Blackthorn. He's like, I know what happened, Lee said. And he goes, then you have me at a disadvantage, Mr. Stetson. And I understood the Secret Service asked you not to interfere with me. He goes, oh, they did, sir. But I didn't listen. If I had, you had... It would have been rid of Sin, uh, Renee Sinclair, but you're not rid of him and you're sure not rid of me. Blackthorn isn't missing a beat of Lee's meaning, but he doesn't give away a thing. He lowers himself into his desk chair and fishes out a cigar out of his humidor to fill time. He begins to do surgery on the cigar with the trimming knife. During this, Blackthorn says, I'm not following you, Mr. Stetson, but take your time. I know I'll hear all of it. Lee pockets the ID and straddles a, a chair. He's keeping his emotions in check. Lee says, you'll hear it from me, then from the attorney general. And well, it could go on and on, Mr. Blackthorn. Treason and murder tend to start tongues wagging. And Blackthorn says, enjoying this? And Lee says, uh, more of an edge. I can't think of when I've enjoyed something less. You turn my stomach, frankly. A man who trades with the Nazis kills the two people who find out and then has to paint them as traitors for insurance. Lee's doing his best, but it's getting hard to keep his composure. Blackthorn doesn't miss it. Blackthorn says, fancyful stuff, Mr. Stetson, the product of an overworked, overloaded mind. I'm sympathetic. You can count on my support. Lee stands abruptly, kicking his chair away. The anger is beginning to boil over. Lee says, don't try that patronizing crap with me. Just tell me the truth. That was no accident. I know it. I just want to hear it from you. Blackthorn has his cigar going, but his eyes rivet on the gun. He carefully puts the cigar in his ashtray. Sure, whatever you want to hear, Mr. Stetson. I don't want to get shot. I'll sing a song. Teach me the words. If you say I killed your folks in some phony accident, I guess I must have. Blackthorn's soft goading has, has had its effect. Lee, barely in control. You bastard. You killed my mother and father. Say it. Blackthorn, monotone. I killed your mother and father. Lee can't stop the images which come flooding into his head. He fights them off, but they won't be denied. And then we get the the back, the flashback of, uh, you know, his parents kissing and all that. Uh, in slow motion, images fighting with Lee's memory. Blackthorn sees his opening and reaches for uh, a desk drawer 
pulling out a gun. Lee sees, but doesn't see clearly. The memory won't clear from his head. Hearing voices, Amanda creeps along the hallway toward the office until she can see in. Looking around for some way to create a diversion, she spots an ornamental plate, a hallway table, and goes for it. She steps in front of the office door and hurls the plate with all her might. It flies into the office like a frisbee, smashing the window behind Blackthorn and startling him. The crash brings Lee to reality. He dies for floor as Blackthorn fires. Lee rolls and fires on the move. The bullet then slams into Blackthorn's chest, sends him reeling to the floor. And then that's when they have the final glance at the dead man. They turn and start from the office. End of Act 4. So it's a little bit different there. And then um, the ending is slightly different. They are at the at the grave. And then Amanda says, you weren't at the office or at home, so I thought I might find you here. I hope you don't mind. He goes, no, not at all. He looks down at the headstones in, in silence for a beat. I haven't been here in a long time. It was easier to stay away, but now. And then he hesitates. He's, he, he is quiet for a long moment. Something's bothering him. Amanda sees the worry and uncertainty. She says, you know, Blackthorn lied, don't you? You know he's the one. And least uncertain says, yeah. He said it, but he never really said it, never admitted anything. And Amanda says, but you know, it's true. We found out we don't have to carry, you don't have to carry this around anymore. Lee is silent for a beat, considering what Amanda said. Amanda says, well, I'll leave you alone. And he says, wait, don't go. And then wish you could have known him. She says, I think I do. And then we see the headstones, which read Jennifer Hamilton, Hamilton Stetson and their dates. And then Matthew Davis Stetson. They are fresh flowers on both graves. And then we dissolve. Then, this is an interesting one. It dissolves to Lee's bedroom on the nightstand where the silver frame photo of Matt and Jenny is now flanked by a delicate china teacup and briarwood pipe fade out. That was sweet. Isn't that sweet? I I thought that was sweet. Yeah, I wish they would have had that. That would have been sweet. Yeah. So that's how that one ends. I thought that was like, aw, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a better ending. Yeah. I mean, it was good. The ending was fine. It was just, that was, that was a sweeter one. It was sweeter. Yeah. 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 Anyways, that was a good one. Uh, it's not one of my favorites. I do like the, the visual of it, you know, of Kate's directing on it, but it's not one of my favorites because there's no touchy feely, you know, it's like yeah. they, they're almost like strangers practically, you know, mm-hmm. except for that she yeah. helps them through everything. So I'm kind of torn on that one. But I definitely like it in this order, being before Stemwinder. Yeah. Makes more I sense. I do like the emotional c- connection before the touchy-feely. I do like that part. Yeah. And and her helping him through and him, her kind of breaking through those final barriers, for sure. But there just wasn't enough. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a matrix here, like, touchy-feely kisses? Yeah. Equals? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just, it didn't, it just, it was, it's weird going... It's weird going from the final um, episode of season three with them finally admitting, you know, like this is a thing to this. It just doesn't, it doesn't flow. You know, it's kind of stunted, like the growth stopped, you know, that's all just in that part of it. But I think definitely moved into, he had to get through this part to be able to move on with their relationship, I think. So I I think this is the right order for it to be in personally. Yeah. Yeah, he had to be able to trust her with, like, all his dark, secrets. Right, right. We've got Dottie's first fanfic recommendations for season four. So without further ado, her first recommendation that ties into this episode is Unfinished Questions by Scarecrow and Mrs. Kinggirl. The story was written in November of 2000 and has a little over 1,000 words. 
What exactly did Amanda intend to ask Lee while he was under? You'll have to read the story to find out. Dottie's second recommendation is One More Question by Lainey Sullivan. Gee, do you get the idea that fans were curious of what Amanda wanted to ask Lee? The story was written in October 2014 and has about 2,300 words. Lee remembers Amanda attempting to ask him something while he was still under the influence of the drug. Will she tell him? We hope you enjoy these recommendations. And as always, we'll link them on our website in the show notes, but you can also find them on fanfic.net. It's time to pull out some videos from the video vault that reflect the first season four episode, Unfinished Business. This episode shows Lee sharing more of his emotional side with Amanda. And this trust highlights the growing relationship between them. The first video opens with this episode's closing scene with Amanda and Lee at the cemetery and is set to a song that reflects the emotional struggle Lee has in letting Amanda all the way in. He has been hurt a lot in his life and guards his heart pretty closely. Amanda's good at showing she will be there for him in any way he will let her. The song is If You Ask Me To by Celine Dion. The touching video is put together by Love SK. The second video was set to the 80s classic song True Colors by Cindy Lauper. Great song. This video celebrates what Amanda sees in Lee past all of his self protective walls and albeit his handsome spy exterior. There is really a rainbow and a heart of gold underneath. So this video really ties with the heartstrings and a big thanks goes out to Rafi5 for putting the video together. A third and bonus video highlights this episode with the song Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley. This is a great song and very fitting for all of the emotions here in a business. I can't imagine all the pain he had visiting his parents at such a young age that would be a very scarring event. The video was created, it was seen exclusively from this episode and was put together by Gwen White Angel. These videos can be found by searching YouTube and as always, we have provided links on our website at nkdpodcast.com. That's it for the final season's opener. Only 21 more to go on this long journey. We thank you again for joining us. Be sure to catch us next time when we go on the run with Lee and Amanda in Stemwinder Part 1. Until next time, bye. Bye. Bye.